Because it was Condola. <laughs> you don't care about Condola? <laughs> Condiments. <laughs> oh my gosh, I saw this tweet and it said all of us with Condola's name and they used a picture of Tony. <laughs> Remember how Tony would never get Jabari's name right? Jurassic Park, Jumanji. Jacuzzi. Jakarta. <laughs> Deep Turkey. Joanna Man. Yo. <laughs> What did Jabari change characters and still? They were using a whole different person and still. There was a time, um, I think Tony's husband, so he's like, oh, um, what's his name? I forgot his name now. Um, um, Jabari, yeah, Jabari. Oh, Jabari. No, no, I meant, I meant the kid. I genuinely forgot the kid. <laughs> um, so Tony's husband's like, yeah, yeah. And then he said something about Jabari. And then she's like, Jeep Sharky changed his name? And like, you can see that this lady genuinely, she genuinely in her heart believes that, you know. Every other word that starts with a J. Mm-hmm. Jingle jangle. What was that? I remember those jingle jangle. <laughs> no, I caught, the one that took me up was definitely Jumanji. Oh, Geppetto. It was Geppetto. <laughs> if I could actually list quite a because you know me, I'm a Tony star. I could actually list uh, quite a few. Know. Tony Child oh. Realty. The one who walked so Molly could run today. No, Tony actually walked so Molly could run. I think the only difference was there jo- a difference. Joan, jo- listen, we're not about to compare Isa and Joan. Joan was a terrible human being. Joan, Joan, Joan is a shitty human. Like, like a human being. The only time I ever really resonated with Joan was when was after Tony had her baby. And I, while I did get Tony's concerns, like, oh, you're not really there for me. But at the end of the day, Tony, you've had your baby on your own. Like, I, I have not had a baby. That's you not our baby. baby. <laughs> That's not, listen, it's like, there's a lot of we in your sentences. And I know your ass don't speak French. <laughs> so it's like, hello, mamas. You really expect that uh, this baby. I, I know you don't expect me to help you with your child. I know that ain't what I think that is. <laughs> like, but she was also taking the pace. Like, she'd come for an hour and she'd be like, hey, Batum, I came. Like, she'd literally be like, I actually came and I know what y'all want from me at this point. What more do you want from me? That's what she said. So, Joan, Joan Joan was worse than Tony. Growing up is realizing that Joan was worse than Tony. No, Joan was worse than Tony by a mile. And that's how everyone used to be like Tony, Tony, Tony. I'm like, but you guys are actually not taking in the things Joan says and does. The person, yeah. I hate when people do things for you and they will remind you till the day you are six feet under. Hey. Don't help me so you can, you know, use it against me or so that you feel like you've done your good deed for the year. Don't, don't do that. And like, there are so many instances where Joan disappointed Tony and just Joan, Joan would just, Joan was so flippant about it. It was just like, girl, I said I was sorry. Like, what do you want me to do, die? Like, I remember, I don't know, they had their falling out. And then Tony's life had hit um, rock bottom. Her Range Rover got repossessed. I think her business went under as well. And I think Joan, I think if I remember correctly, the storyline was that Joan had money and Joan could lend Tony money, but Joan didn't want to because I think she was angry at Tony. And Tony's like, friend, I'm actually like I'm fight, I'm fighting for my life at this point. And you are watching me. You are fine. I remember the scene in the church, like you know, they were singing, they were singing. And Joan was like, no. She's like, no, you've done me too. At the time, Joan was in therapy and she was convinced that Tony is this like cancer in her life. 
that's just eating away at everything. It was that time Joan was in therapy for Tony. And but she was that- like, boundaries, Tony, boundaries. Baby, <laughs> she, Tony was literally four or five minutes from being homeless. And Joan was like, no. My like, who, I don't know how that concerns me. This is actually putting aside all the things that Joan does. Like when Joan does things, it's like, okay, but Tony, we're supposed to be best friends. Let it now be Tony. She's like, actually, no. No, you you just gone. Like the only time I think, one of the few times Tony was wrong was probably the time um, she went after Joan's man. Like, but that was season yeah. one. And I feel like with these shows, you can't really hold season one against anyone because that's just, they're trying to establish the scene, establish Tony's very malicious or like when she's touched she goes to hell you know what i mean um but i don't think like literally i think honestly in my opinion that is the pro- the worst thing that tony did and joan went pretty low joan really took it to hell when she had to i think the thing is about joan it's the like the cognitive dissonance like i don't know if you remember that time i'm through english bars baby bars i guess she's a boss <laughs> Don't you ever in your life use the same sentence you use for Mia with oh, you. Ah! And it's you a boss. And it's you a boss. Get into it. <laughs> but going back to Joan, is the time she she basically snitched to Tony's ex or boyfriend at the time that mm. Tony wanted or Tony had cheated with somebody else, or she wanted to get married to somebody mm. else. She After convincing Tony to then stay with her at Greg. She had so I think she was dating someone and then her side nigga um had proposed to her. No, she left Greg for that rich man. That man wasn't even her side nigga. He came out of knowing Ah, but was okay. Those two seconds when she's like, mm, okay, he was she's side. Okay. Was side. That's how I've that's how I've filed it in my head that you were the side. You were not her main at the time. Her main was, her main was broke, or well, her main was not wealthy. And was then, a struggling artist, you know, creative vibes, the story, you know, the vibe. And then she, you know, a rich nigga, eight figures, that's my type, said, my type, hey, Tony. Hey, Tony. And she, you know, she had always established, like the character of Tony had been established that she had been broke before and she was never going to do it again. She was not going back to Fresno. <laughs> you know, she even had a fund. I don't know why the fund didn't kick in in earlier seasons, but I think after she got money, she had a fund to ensure that if anything ever went wrong in her I'm life, back she's not, she doesn't have to go back to Fresno. So I don't know if she'd settle maybe outside of, you know, LA or whatever, but she would still not be forced to live in Fresno with her mama. Child. And I think that was a time when Joan mistakenly then told Greg and then Greg dumps Tony. Then Joan doesn't tell Tony what she did. And they go to Jamaica, I think it was. Mm. And the whole time she's pretending. That's the, the, the season where Tony slaps her. <sighs> do, do you remember? <laughs> In the hotel room. And everyone was like, Joan. And she was like, oh my gosh. I'm so happy I finally got that off my chest. And I'm like, is, is this lady, is she thinking? Like... Is everything registering in your head? If anything, it was a sigh of relief. She's like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so glad I got that off my chest. I can't like, lie. Everything was fine. That's why even like that last season where Tony's gone and Joan gets her happiness, I'm not totally happy for Joan because to some extent she didn't deserve it. Like, not that, you know, in life I sit and think good people deserve good things and bad people deserve bad things. But I genuinely believe 
they had to give her that storyline because Tony was no longer in the picture. But you see that part where to, where Joan's life went to hell and then she blacked out and her Porsche, whatever happened with her Porsche, and she had a sugar daddy. Like all those, I'm just like, mm, karma, karma. Um, anyway, child. I think that, honestly, I think the theme of today's episode is probably karma. I can't lie to you. And it's so suitable across everything we are going every single thing we are going to get into listen but on that note guys hi hello to a new week new day new week we are the reality check pod i'm nesu i'm leo and welcome to a new week ladies and gents and all living beings um leo how are you doing this week child I am running on fumes. It's Tuesday. <laughs> I'm somehow running on fumes. Like, I'm not going to talk about what I'm doing during my day. But I'm not as productive as I should be. <laughs> you know what? It's fine. Sometimes it gets like that. It's okay. It's I okay. Shem. I am. I'm in the gutter. How about you, boo? Down bad. Honestly, work has been on my neck. Um, I'm starting to feel that, like, end of year fatigue. I'm not going to cap. But it's good you're feeling. I can't lie. In, I think last day I felt it quite early. I'm, it's good that it's November. Come on, I mean. No, it's true. Yeah, it makes sense. It's, it's good that it didn't come sooner. Yeah. Um, it, it actually is the end of the year. But you're, like this past weekend, I just slept, existed. I was unwell. So. How are you feeling? I'm feeling so much better now. Much and with not the Rona. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> So, um, no, 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 I'm doing much better this week. Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to recording this episode literally since, like, last week because of all the little tweets I was seeing, and then we watched the shows, and I was like, baby, I can't wait to see my little friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think since last week, honestly, I just, I was surprised at the reception, like, like, just people, like, people just saying how they felt, that they mm-hmm. just, even if you disagree, I really don't you know it doesn't change i want to talk about it let's get into it like why don't we agree why do we agree all of it i agree but like i loved i just loved the tweets i loved um talking to well i talked to one of my friends about it so it was just nice to get feedback and that even though we disagree and there was a little snafu in the mansions did you see it there was a little what a snafu there was a little Hello. I know how you girls like to tussle. I was, I was, I was reading like the tweets. I'm like laughing. <laughs> I forgot what it was about. It was about real house size, and I'm like, yep. oh damn, dang, like, dang, dang. Like already, damn. Um, it happened to me even yesterday slash this morning. I was tweeting about something yesterday. Yeah, about Kenya. And, yep, and Bravo Twitter found me. I told you. Like, found me, and I was like, oh. Not you guys trying to die for these people. <laughs> What's crazy is I don't think I'd ever really been in like Bravo Twitter mentions like before this. Like before this, I could tweet, I could tweet Candace's name. I didn't even have to put asterisk. Not I, mean, I would I would call Monique Gunique. Like after the altercation last year, you guys know I called her Gunique because she's a real one. Um, <laughs> but then like after that, like I just never used to asterisk anything and no one came for me, no one sent for me, you know? Yeah. So to see you, I think it was this morning that I was reading it. I was laughing. I can't lie, friend. I laughed at you. <laughs> I mean, he didn't eat you up. But uh-uh. They didn't eat you up. But I was just like, you entered this 
babes mentions to let her know she's okay. No, you know what took me? It was the, don't you dare. <laughs> I said, not you going to war for Miss Kenya Moore? You going to check me, boo. Baby, he said, don't you dare. So what you going to do, fight me through the screen? Mm-mm. Nah, you know what? I've been saying for like the past like week or two, I, everything I do these days, I'm just like, oh, what can they do? Beat me. And I swear, I'm going to get my ass beat if I keep doing this. <laughs> so... I'm not on your side there. Let's watch what we say on the internet. Because listen, I cannot keep advising people. Oh, what, what, what are you going to do? Because <laughs> like, I'll watch, I'll watch someone I don't follow story. I'll tap through. I'll look through that. If I like, I will like. Like, okay, I'm not going on that's like. That's actually one thing that's really scary. Like when you told me that you're not afraid to watch people's stories on Instagram if you don't follow them. I said, wait. <laughs> Who are they going to call the police? <laughs> like. I think honestly, and I've accepted it. If your thing is not on private, if your social media is not on private, to some extent you have opened yourself up. I don't know about comments. Comments is I don't interact with it, but I think if I open it, doing I, it, I suppose yeah, that's doing it, yeah. But if I comment and I now like start saying mean things, that's where I've drawn a line. Or I comment, or I tell you opinions wrong. It's your social media. You have opened it to express yourself, even if your opinion is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's actually true. Everything is open for like commentary once it's a, a publicly available. But um, guys, just switching it up. I think this week we're gonna start with insecure. You know, let's give the people what they want. They want. And I am going to go on this record <laughs> and say this is the best episode of the season so far. Huh? Best. Like I, I can't. I can't dispute that. I cannot. Um, the only I literally know one person who didn't like it, and that's my friend Jackie. But she just like Why? doesn't care to see Lawrence much on his screen. So she's just like, Ugh, can we just skip to other more important things? I don't even think like if you think about how they've marketed all the marketing for Insecure season five is Issa, Molly, Lawrence. It's no exactly. longer Issa, Molly. It used to be. I mean, the first. I don't know. I feel like season three, season two or three, somewhere along the lines. There was a shift and it became the Lawrence Issa Molly show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm, I'm not here to tell Prentice Prinny and Issa, D, Issa Ray, sorry, what to do with their show. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I didn't, if you had told me that this episode was going to be about who it was about, I wouldn't have cared personally. But the fact that I watched it and like I enjoyed it, I was shocked. You were were you what now were you shocked because of how the season started or were you shocked because the the people that are focused on that's what shocked you the most that you enjoyed it given who it was focused on? You think I like contraceptives? <laughs> I don't like her. I can't stand her. So for me to like watch that and enjoy it, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like I watched it twice. I like I watched it, I watched the first time, I'm like, nah, hold on just a minute. Like, I was even, when it got to the end, I was even upset. You're like, like, damn, it's finished. I'm like, more, I want more. <laughs> Reloaded. And like, just, I, I was looking at the little parts. Like, obviously, there was the overarching storyline. But even just the little parts, I'm like, like, Simone's first birthday. So, I'm realizing that time, time is moving. It's like, really gone by. It's crazy. Time is moving. That baby is not, like, the baby's eating, um, Elijah Mustafa, I mean, if you're watching this, guys, you're going to get spoilers. <laughs> Baby Elijah Mustafa is now eating solids, thanks to Lawrence. 
um so it's just like it's crazy how that year has changed for like the other characters for you can now see um tiffany and kelly are in a better place Derek is appreciating the free babysitting it was just really really nice to to check in and 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 and, and kind of understand what's been going on for the characters what about you what are your thoughts Ciao. Um, I agree that this was the best season, season, best episode that they've given us this season. It was so meaty. Um, and I think as far as balance, it was very balanced in the sense that all of us walked away from that episode being able to identify that, okay, this character did this and it was wrong for them to do this, but then this character did this and it was wrong for them to do this. And before you even get to who did more wrong, it just seems a lot more balanced. You know, we've had the conversation before of how in past seasons they were trying to write Molly and Issa's character, characters as balanced and have it kind of be equal. We didn't get that. This time, this episode, um, both of them are villains in different people's stories. Like some people hate Controller more, other people hate Lawrence more. Um, so oh, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm being genuine. Like, I've seen the strong dislike for Lawrence. I also walked away from this episode, and for the first time ever, I was just like, get Lawrence in, like, put this man in the bin. I'm sick of him. Don't come back. Goodbye. So it was quite interesting because, I mean, if we give him the main, the main story, or in the grand scheme of things, they're neither, like, neither one of them is, like, our favorite characters. I mean, Bar Lawrence, I have. So it being the two of them. I was just about to say, our asses are not going to get taken to Winter Wonderland by men in, you know, Lawrence Hive. So we better watch what we say, right? (laughs) We're not going to take us to the rise, baby. And the churros. What's it called? A winter fair. (laughs) Like, seriously. A free fair that there's not even a gate, one gate into. And you're not going to for that. But anyway. You continue. Anyway, um, yeah, I think it was quite interesting because all of us were just like, okay, this person, okay, but then this person. But so much happened. And I want to ask you, what was, um, okay, what are your thoughts on the whole episode? Let's, let's actually have the actual episode breakdown. So, so um, I think it was good that in our earlier, like when we were speaking earlier, we said this episode is basically about karma. And I think everyone in this episode well let me just say condola and lawrence both got their karma they both said things to each other when they found out that condola was pregnant they both said things to each other that they didn't mean in that moment and everybody took each other's word for it and they were like i bet i'm a move you said you said you're gonna what did he say what was there was a there was a term lawrence used um keep me posted keep me posted and Condola even came to him later and was like, nigga, you, you told me to keep you posted. And what I happened to keep posted. me posted. I, I, I had the baby. I texted you. Like, like she kept him posted. And then even Condola, karma came in a bit her ass. She said, she's, I think the reason why probably Lawrence Hive has a foot this time is because Condola said the words to Lawrence. You can be involved as much as you want. Now, people are allowed to make mistakes, but at the end of the day, she said she set the precedent. And he's like, I bet I'm going to go to San Francisco, which we can't argue about. He had already made, that was always going to happen. Regardless of him and Isa working out, regardless of that baby, he was always moving to San Francisco. So I really don't think that is, obviously he could ask for a transfer, but I don't even know if the thing has an office in LA. It doesn't sound like it. So 
Condola to some extent also got her karma in that she she wanted to have her cake and eat it too and say no you can be involved as much as you want and guess what happened lo and behold Lawrence was involved as much as he wanted and that wasn't enough for her not even for her for anybody that wouldn't have been enough because she was clearly drowning she wasn't able to go out with her sister she you know she had this idea of what motherhood is and I think that's something a lot of young people don't really think about that yeah it looks cute and you know Kylie and Stormy really sell it Kylie and, Kylie and Stormy are really selling the, the baby PR from the, the from the celebs the, the rich influencers Kylie and Stormy it's hitting the streets like crack in the 80s <laughs> no honestly there was a point last week I was on IG and my explore page was just pregnant belly bumps and little strollers and I'm like wait what is what is this agenda what's going on that's like the worst thing you could try to influence someone <laughs> what am i going to do impulse by a stroller please <laughs> it don't make no sense like until i'm until anyone is in that seat. like it's not like if you see a dress by a certain thing or an outfit by a certain thing you're gonna get it because it's not situational where even if you're, you're not really thinking where you're going to wear it, you're going to be like, mm, I need that. A baby, but I'm going to call someone to, you know. But have you noticed how, especially like back where we're from, or that whole region, there are a lot of people having babies. The what? baby agenda is real. What region? Southern African region. I think. Everyone and their, yo, it's like they said 2021 CR times 10. I think what I've clocked, especially this month, Everybody got engaged in this month. Or last month, and they're posting the pictures this month. But the past, like, six weeks, engagement. Like, I scroll, engagement. I don't like the rings, but engagement, engagement. Drag them, drag them. I don't like the rings. Listen, if you are listening... <laughs> Step your game up, okay? Step your ring game up. That girl you have bought a baguette. I don't know what kind of ring it is. <laughs> An American Swiss, a Stearns, what, what have you... Browns, send it back. Um, but yeah, so let me get back to insecure. back to insecure on the baby agenda. Um, yeah, very karmic, and everyone got what they I don't know what they deserve, but they got what they asked for, and they were unhappy. And I noticed a little shade. I noticed a little shade. So someone pointed out that Condola. I mean, we haven't talked about the episode, but I'm gonna say it now so that we don't forget it, and it's on the record. Condola, if Condola was unhappy playing Happy Families with Lawrence, Ooh. why did her ass, her wide-bodied ass, take itself, take itself to Simone's birthday, knowing damn well she wasn't happy with Lawrence? People are saying the people are saying she wanted to rub it in Issa's face. Let me tell you something. Somebody else said it in it, but I agree with the person who said it. But it wasn't. But me. it wasn't me. But I agree with the person who said it because. Did you even see the confusion in Lawrence? Like, you could see it on his face when he said, together? As in, the three of us? Because all along, you've been swinging. You've been throwing hands. Now all of a sudden, hey, did you see about Simone's birthday? We should go together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Her eyes thought Issa was going to be there, and she was like, I'm going to rub this baby in front of Issa's face. I thought maybe Molly would have been there, but I think solidarity, solidarity is a, is a beautiful thing. Black solidarity. 
<laughs> Molly held it down. Obviously, Kelly. And I think actually, let me even say Molly held it. Kelly held it down by letting Nate. What's his name? I haven't called him Nathan. Mm-hmm. Letting Lawrence's messy ass know that everyone I associate with is doing fine. She Driving. said thriving. Thriving. Was and that's the energy we're going well. to 2022 with. No, that's it. That, that, that's all you need to know. I'm thriving exceptionally well. Everyone, I'm you say my friends, she said everyone I associate with. Everyone I associate with. The mailman, <laughs> the person I got my parcel from this morning. He, he's thriving too. My pastor, everybody I associate with. He, the car I honked at on my way here. He's thriving now too. Everybody thriving. That's all you need to know. Don't ask about me. Don't ask anybody but me about that's, me. That's it. That that's legit. And that was a word. Um, I get what you mean. I think karma is a really, really big takeaway. I noticed even um as Prentice was tweeting, and I don't know if you mentioned this in the wind down as well, that yeah, they also wanted to highlight that, you know, you need to be careful what you wish for. And that's for 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 everyone involved, you know, like you said, the keep me posted. On this hand, Condola saying, I'm going to do this with or without you. You can be as involved as you want to be. I think that's why I had like a tiny bit of. <laughs> Those are. <laughs> Those are. <laughs> that's why I had a tiny bit of smoke for Kiki's character because it's like, I get. You had smoke for Kiki. I think I just enjoyed the guest character. No, she was really funny. And I think this that's one thing about her, her acting abilities. Any role she plays, she plays it so well. That is so, so believable. And I mean from True Jackson VP, like any role she has played. Girl, go even further. What's that movie? Jump Akeel in. Akeel and the Bee? Oh, wait. Jump in was after Akeel and the Bee. Yeah, there was I, Akeel and the Bee. I didn't actually go to the cinema to watch Akeel and the Bee. I watched Jump in first. Yeah. And okay. I watched Akeel and the Bee at home. No, from, from back then, and I think she's an exceptional, like she's an amazing actor. But um, I think as a character, it was just annoying me, like the little jabs at Lawrence. And I get it. It's annoying watching a big sister go through this. Um, as a woman as well, like we can empathize with other women. You know it's tough on them and they kind of do majority of the stuff alone. But I, are you aware that your sister says she's fine? Yeah, but at the she, end of the day... She said all this stuff. And I think even to watch Condola's... And you know what? If Kiki's um attitude or sass had started after like lawrence was flaking after he was saying he wants to see the baby or he wants to make appointments and then canceling last minute i would get it from the moment lawrence arrived at the hospital she was already like hmm. <laughs> and i'm like i'm i don't get me wrong i'm not saying because i was even when i was speaking with my friends about this i was actually in fact also saying like just because she said you know you can be as involved as you want. I just think, how are you as a parent, as a father, just like, oh, I beg. And you just can never look back knowing that somewhere out there, somebody is having your child. That to me, I'm like, okay, it's a little bit sus. Like The man was on a date. <laughs> the man was on a candlelit. I hate Lawrence. And it was so funny seeing the girl when he was like, oh, I think my, my child's just been born. And she was like, oh, ha, 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 imagine. Can you imagine that? I was like, no, baby. I was looking at her like, What's funny about, like, girl, he's you know, serious. I felt so bad for her because if I were the person on a date and the person I'm on a date who said, sorry, I think... Yeah, but he I would just... Wait, why are you here in the first place? So you wanted his fourth message on Hinge to be, oh, um, by the way, so me and this girl, we beat, and I tried to get back together with my ex, and, and now we have a child. 
I just think the optics are mad. I can obviously acknowledge that Condola did say like it just kind of happened. I think she went into early labor and then the child came early. That's fine. But the whole confusion, the fact that you're also being told by text, you're sitting here opening this text message while we're on a date and your child is in another city, another state being born. That is crazy. No wonder she was laughing saying, oh my gosh, can you imagine? Because it doesn't sound like real life. It doesn't sound like real life. But, but wasn't that giving you first date though? I think it was... No, I think it was definitely a first date. But I just think... Imagine so was no, they were not in a position for her to now know that Lawrence is having a baby. I can agree with that. I don't think it was one of those you're hiding it from me necessarily because it's still the very beginning. But I'm just saying I can imagine being the person on that date. And this is happening right before my very eyes. I too would cackle because what... In my head, I'm not competing the fact that it's possible. Like, obviously, each situation is different. People are in different circumstances, especially for Lawrence and Condola. They're not even together. They weren't really on talking terms. It's clear throughout the pregnancy, Lawrence wasn't even checking in or anything like that, which is why I'm like, he's bummed. But anyway, so I can just imagine the shock and confusion. Like, ah, I'm here on this first date and your child's being born in another state and you just found out by... <laughs> you a busy man, ain't you? <laughs> Anyway, had I been that girl, honestly, I would have been messaging Oloni myself. Hey, 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 hey. I would have let Oloni know right there and then before I even pay the restaurant. Before you even wait for her to ask, ladies, let's have some fun. I say, I'm bringing it to your table. I'm bringing it to your doorstep that this man, hey, even those that have been shocked, they've never been shocked like this. Not like this. But yeah, that's why it was just a bit like, like you said, clear example of be careful what you wish for. Because you will get it. You will get it, though. Hmm. Hmm. No, and it, like, I saw you tweet this that was about somebody else, but truly, karma just doesn't forget. It does not lose people's addresses. It found them. You were upset, especially Lawrence. I think this is also getting into Lawrence, what annoyed me, is you have the, the nerve, the audacity. Fine, you said keep me posted, but you literally left it at keep me posted. This woman's entire pregnancy, you don't call and say, how are you? Um, are you okay? How's the baby doing? What did the doctor say? Not a single thing. And now when you get there, you find out this child is called Elijah Mustafa. You, you are vexed. <laughs> you want to screw your face? You're lucky she even... And he also said to Chad, I don't know, I just feel some type of way about being let know about the birth of my son by a text. Ah, I get it, she's keeping you posted. You didn't call, you didn't check, you didn't anything. Did you want her to send... A letter, hear ye, hear ye. Like, <laughs> I don't understand what he wanted from her. For, for a man who didn't want to be involved, it was... I mean, obviously, yes, I do think a conversation should have been had between them about the baby's name, um, whose surname the baby's going to take. I do think these are things you do discuss because a pregnancy is, like, basically 10 months. Like, that's quite a bit of time, you know, to sit with someone or just to have a conversation and just go, okay, so... Are we going to give the baby my surname? Um, do I have a say in... Because clearly he didn't want the baby. Do I have a say in the baby's name? You know, how we raise the baby? Nah, 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 nah. So <laughs> to come and now hear that this baby has now been named Elijah Mustafa or Mufasa, if you're Chad. <laughs> my king. <laughs> you can't tell me Chad is not the funny like after kelly Chad and kelly i i, I was saying um i don't know who's funnier ryan was even saying i actually don't know who's funnier i don't know if i'm there on the same level or kelly just kind of wins we've by seen me. more kelly i think we've but seen more kelly 
true. But the things Chad says. <laughs> he's outrageous. And like, I don't know if you remember in the first few seasons, because I was I watched a few episodes um, the other day, how he'd he'd hint at his relationship being damn near terrible. He like you'd cheat on his girlfriend or fiance with her cousin. Like if you just listen to the things Chad used to say, you're like, wait, that like but you can't because obviously we're talking about Lawrence, we're here about Lawrence, Isa, na na na. But you're like, Chad says some really messed well, up. And stuff. Everything happens so quick. Like it's just he like talks, he talks quickly. <laughs> And it's it's crazy to me that friendship makes no like out of all the friendship on the show, Derek and Chad being friends doesn't make sense. Derek is so calm, so like he's you know he's shown to us as this calm guy, so chill. He's not problematic, you know. He gets women. He's probably a feminist, you know. Yeah, but Chad, polar yeah. opposite. <laughs> I know that I know they've thrown hands before. I think they've thrown hands. Derek had to check G check him at some point. He probably said something crazy about Tiffany. Then Derek had to, had to be in the middle of them. Like, hey, whoa, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on. Somebody had to step in for sure. You were actually saying that you feel like a conversation should have been had about yeah about the future of this child and how and how you're gonna raise a by I don't know how you say like two times like. I was going to say by co-parent. How they're going to co-parent as people. Yeah, how they're going to co-parent from two different locations, you know, at what point. And, you know, obviously they were going to agree something and then Condola could have been like, it would have been too much for her, which is understandable. But I just think Lawrence was literally ready to be a parent from the day that baby came out the coochie. Not from, he like, not even ready to be a parent. He was like 30% ready to be a parent by then. Before then, he was just like, ah, see what happens like he was really throwing caution to the wind yes it's true and i think but that's why that being said i can't i know i don't like condola so in the beginning i was like okay she's shutting him out but then i actually thought about it like just being a woman and imagining myself like in you don't have to be a woman or imagine to be a woman it wasn't even just to imagine like you haven't been here this whole time and you have some cheek to tell me i didn't discuss names with you you told you told me keep me posted, and now that you've come now, nine to ten months later, now you're ready, and you're like, oh, can we discuss appointments? Oh, how come you've already planned the baptism? You didn't even want to talk to me about it. This entire time, I could have miscarried. God forbid, I could have been like in any sort of danger because being pregnant is very dangerous on women. Like a lot of things can happen, and you didn't check on me. Now all of a sudden, you're like, oh, we're not going to talk about this first. So you don't I'm, think I'm, I'm Elijah's dad too. I'm Jaws' dad too. Uh, you don't think the name was whack? Listen, I, uh, who am I to say Condola's dad's, no, Condola's grandfather's name? Should, child, <laughs> they did what they had to do and they gave him that, that, that name. That's a very heavy name. There's no, there's no, there was nothing to, to soften the, the blow, like a, like oh, a Joshua. Elijah, Mustafa. <laughs> like, it's, and, you know, it's a very powerful, you know, he sounds like someone who would walk with, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King. Like, yeah. So there we have, we have Dr. Martin Luther King walking in step with um, Elijah Mustafa. Like, <laughs> tell me you don't see it. Tell me you don't see it. Do you know what I hear? I absolutely heard that the name was, was a lot. And then the fact that he decided to call him Ja. I'm like, not even Eli. Ja. Some, someone said, Condola calling the baby Eli and Lawrence calling the baby Ja 
is kind of like them literally cutting the baby in half. Quite like literally. The, that they're looking at the same baby, but they are seeing two different aspects of this baby. And I think it was even such like an amazing way to really represent the entire situation that they're not on the same page. One person wants to do this. It's the same as the scene where she gets really upset that he's finally now giving, started giving him solid and he didn't speak to her about it. And I think obviously there was a 50, like there was a divide, like how a lot of people felt like, okay, she was doing a lot, she was overreacting. She was doing the most. Personally, I think she was. But I did see a tweet from a girl I went to high school with and she's a mom. And she was saying, until you're a parent, even though like anybody else around you can identify the receipt as overreacting, in your, in your parental mind, you feel like it's well justified and it's because you're coming from an angle of being overprotective. And now when it's coming from the fact that this person made a decision without you, granted he is Elijah's dad, but again, you kind of double dutch in and out of this parenting situation. You kind of parent when it's convenient for you and when you are able to, as I have to do it 24 seven and you now come and make a decision. Like it's like she pointed out, he could have actually been allergic to something. So fine, it's all well and fine saying, okay, but he's fine now, so let's drop it. It's like, how was, then, how was she going to find the same allergy then? I think she's probably going to have to do the same thing, but I think, you know well, how then she presents it or she ends up finally saying, I don't trust you. Whether that trust is justified or not, the, the point remains. I think she would have rather she made that mistake because she feels like, because she already views him a certain way, she, the same thing could have happened, but because he did it to her, it would have looked like, well, I couldn't trust you anyway, or you're irresponsible. Whereas with her, it would have been, oh, well, I'm exploring and I was going to have to find out anyway. I think it's very clear, just a trusting or just how she felt about him. Nothing to do with what he had actually done. Like, there's maybe a slight element of what he did, but most of it was just how she felt about him, in my opinion. I think, yeah, she, she did seem to, like, be harboring a bit of resentment for him. Like, her reaction to, to the, the solids thing, it was not just isolated in... I'm mad that you gave the baby solids. No, you, you're mad that he made a decision for that, for the child. He made a decision regarding the child without you, which obviously she's been making decisions without him. So to him, it's like, oh no, clearly because we're on this two track, you know, parenthood thing, we can do, she can do stuff on her own. So I can too. I'm the baby's father. I have the baby's best interest at heart too. So I think she now kind of saw the other f- shoe like the other shoe dropped. I don't know what the saying is. The other shoe dropped and now she saw what it was like for Lawrence to not be in like to not be involved in a decision regarding her child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it bit her in the ass. Yeah, she she didn't know how to handle it. I think he also then kind of showed her the fact that she's overreacting. Then now you get upset or mad, like not you being right and calling me out in front of these people then that made her mad and that's when they had that little back and forth and Derek had to pull him aside but I think naturally in situations like that you know because she's a mom it's stressful I think Derek was like I'm not going to do necessarily what is right or wrong I'm just going to diffuse the situation and probably the best way because you see Derek pulling him aside saying okay she's pissing you off she's annoying but what are you going to do about it fight her and make it worse like that's actually not helping but I just think in that moment, Derek did what he thought would just obviously make the situation better. I think had the situation escalated, Lawrence was always going to look like more of an asshole because you're literally fighting with the mother of this child and now you guys are like more or less tugging over the baby. It was just going to be an unnecessary scene, especially at Simone's party. 
It was interesting that Derek said something about choosing to be each other's partners. I list something. I, I, I listened to that a bit long and I'm like, hmm. Okay, gems. <laughs> okay. You know, dropping wisdom. But at the end of the day, their situation, like he was saying him and Tiffany's situation. At the end of the day, you and Tiffany are married. Like you are discussing people who don't, people who didn't know each other before they made yeah. mm-hmm. people who did not what like were not on the same page about wanting a baby at least Derek and Tiffany they were both surprised but they were married at least obviously they could have still had differing opinions on what to do about the baby but at least they were married at least they were still committed to being in a relationship so for this to be how the you know how the shit hit the fan <laughs> big big mezzle like special mention to um Kelly um when she <laughs> her speech I need to write down her speech I don't know when I'm gonna use it but I need that speech on paper. Like an angel amongst demons I said now why are the other kids catching strays this is a, this is a children's party ma'am <laughs> people demons with their short set limbs <laughs> of demons and it's looking at the other adults' collective confusion like. Okay. <laughs> and now Kelly is sober. Like, just her whole speech, there was lots to unpack in that speech. She's sober. Mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew she hated kids before, but she, that she loved Simone. Um, well, what else did she drop? I think even apart from her dropping anything, it just shows how far, like, there's a moment I thought about how far she and Tiffany have come in their friendship. I mean, if we flash back to Tiffany's baby shower, she not being involved and Tiffany being like, well, my mommy friends, some of them already have kids. So I was they were big friends. Yeah. And then obviously Kelly expressed how hurt that made her feel like, okay, so just because I don't have a child, I couldn't do that for you. And fast forward now, she's like the actual MC. Obviously she's Simone's godmother. I think it also showed progression in their friendship, like from one milestone to, you know, baby shower to first birthday. Those are significant, I think, occasions when it comes to like, moms and their first kids or moms and their kids the baby shower on the first birthday it's a big deal so i thought that was pretty nice for them to show that rather than tiffany's fake old mommy friends that we never saw up again i thought it was interesting like yeah like to piggyback on that point about um them moving on from the mommy friends i think it's interesting how you can have in life friends who move, who do certain things or certain things happen to them and they just think you will not understand it because you're not in that position. And I think if you really, if you really think about it, that's a very messed up thought to have. Oh, because I'm pregnant, I can only hang around pregnant people because they are the only people who get me. I may not get what the feeling is like, but I'm your friend and I care about your emotions and I care about your health in, you know, in all ways. So for you to say that, it was, it took a lot. I could, you could see it took a lot for Kelly to forgive that. Cause that's a, that's I'm a strike. So it's the same as the, the brigade that loves to say, um, don't take advice from your single friends. And I just think like your friend being at a different stage in life doesn't make them like entirely incapable of understanding. Like you said, like if it's something that obviously I can't hundred percent relate to, like I don't have a child. I don't know exactly what you went through, but for example, even if you look at Condola and her sister, Condola's sister may not have had the child, but her being with Condola as often as she is, she can see what it's like for Condola. She can see the type of sacrifice that's required. So imagine now somebody else just trying to be like, oh, well, you don't have a child, so you don't get it. You know, I, I 100% get what you mean. And I think even as a friend, you would just feel like, 
Wanyafa. Like, why, why is someone doubting you that much to the point where it's like, oh, well, because you don't have a child, you just wouldn't get it. You haven't even tried to make me understand. Obviously, I can never 100%, like you said, empathize, but it doesn't mean I'm incapable of getting where you're coming from, you know? Yeah. Like, and on the topic of <laughs> Kiki Palmer, I enjoyed, like I said, I never said, I think I said it, but I really enjoyed her little cameo. I think it was, it was also comic that she hated Condola just like the rest of us. And Prentice Penny and Issa said, you know who you're about to play when you, when you come on this show? Her sister. Her sister. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the funniest, like I, I went through everything she said, the funniest thing she did when Lawrence came in and she goes, oh, that's why the baby looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I was like from the jump. She was like, Ratatata. she was letting the <laughs> No, um, I love it. I love sometimes when like we get these cameo appearances and they just make so much sense. Like that was one that made sense. Um, there's something else that was significant to me about the dynamics between Lawrence and Condola. Um, oh, it was to do with the baptism. And you know how obviously he was like, wait, you've already set it up or whatever. You didn't really speak to me. And I didn't notice it until my friend kind of pointed it out that chances are Lawrence has made it seem to his family that he's a lot more involved than he actually is. Because you can see the confusion on his mom and dad's face, especially they're like, why did they choose this church? Oh, so you just let them choose the church. Like, how did that happen? How come you didn't know? That the- so they're only going to They're only gonna throw a the few drops on the baby's forehead. The rest of the body won't be saved. <laughs> oh, it was little things like that that were just so funny. And even the uncle. The uncle. You could, tell, you could tell the uncle really thought Lawrence was in a bad... Like, that Lawrence was in a bad situation, but that none of it was his doing. Yeah, like, it, it just wasn't his fault and i think every time he would say something that's so off i mean i'm pretty sure all of us have been in situations where there's just that one family member that's just like you want to be like yo shut up chill cut the cameras he was that person letting the people know that dairy knocks out walker man like (laughs) where are we going with that information uncle rodney child and even the, um, the, the horror on Condola, um, her mom and her sister's face, when, I don't know if they were talking about baptism or learning how to swim, like swimming class or something. And he's like, oh, just throw him in the deep end. He'll make it out. And everyone just turned <laughs> Sir. Sir. Because um, I think he was going off of something Lawrence's dad had said. Something like, he looks like he has swimmer legs. <sighs> that baby will never see his grandparents on his father's side if y'all keep talking. If they keep talking, he's not going to see his dad's side of the family, period. But that's bad vibes, so, you know. But yeah, I think um, something that I also just obviously did appreciate, I mean, we've spoken about it before, how Insecure kind of manages to put these really important lessons and, like, highlight these things that we obviously maybe all know, but maybe until it's really shown in a certain way, people don't always think about Um and my friend Isotu and I were speaking about this, how literally the night before Insecure came out, um, I think it was Martha, as in Twitter user MXMS World, like, yeah. And I think she had tweeted, um, you will break up with the man and have full custody of the children. 
All of a sudden he's traveling, increasing his earning potential, starting new businesses, finding love and starting new families. Then there's you, tired all the time, dreams on hold, no dates, dead. And then fast forward to the episode, they're showing like the split screen. You see Lawrence on dates, having toast with his workmates, meeting babes you know really really giving them a good oh like panic furiously (laughs) and condola's literally falling asleep on the toilet seat in between like trying to get everything together this is the first time we saw her like you know um she mentioned this in the wind down that obviously it was aligning with her real life where she just had a child so she still had a bit of mommy weight but in the scenes on the show we had always seen condola like dressed up to the tees, really put together, hair always laid, even when she's fresh out of bed, like things are so put together. And now you see her with like baby food on her baggy shirt. She's, she's looking a mess. She's so exhausted. She's having to cancel certain things for her friends because Lauren's last minute is like, actually I can't come work is this. And she just does not have the luxury to do so. And I think it was such an important thing I felt for them to show because even when I was speaking to my friend, I said to when I was speaking to the guys and we're explaining how you know sometimes it's obviously not your fault but like this just actually shows the disparities and the difference between motherhood and fatherhood like even from the fact that paternity leave is typically a lot shorter and that's if you even live in a country or work for a company that even gives you that a lot of the time it's solely left to the mother like we're back in the 1950s um and even in terms of like parenting and people being given grace you know for example, because I was saying, in my opinion, when Lawrence obviously finally finished his work call, he gets the reminder, the notification that, you know what, he has to take this flight to LAX, his bag is by the door, and he ends up texting Condola that, you know what, actually, work's been hectic, I can't make it through this time. And I was just like, you know, this is not something that a woman would ever be given the grace to do without easily being called a bad mother, a bad parent, because there's always extra there's an extra expectation on women to be the best moms ever because they're supposedly naturally maternal. They have this motherly instinct and guys are kind of, they don't get given that, you know, there's no way Condola would have been able to be like, actually, I can't come work's hectic da, 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 if the situation was that Lawrence was the one who had full custody. It just wouldn't work. And if she had done that, she would have been called, you know, a bad mother, a deadbeat, or how could she, how dare she? Whereas with guys kind of like, oh, well, it's not really his fault. Work is hectic. It's like, mm, sometimes you could just do more. As much as you are living in two different places, you cannot be in two places at once, but you can make more of an effort. Hey, put the child on the phone. Hey, how's he doing? Not just the only time you text and call is, okay, so can I come and get him this weekend? Okay, so what's the schedule looking like? Okay. There's no in between anything. And that's what makes it look like you literally get to flip flop, double dutch in and out when it suits you. Like, duh she's not gonna trust you i mean obviously we've already touched on the fact that she said what she said but even when you skip past that now that he's saying he wants to be involved you can't one day you're pumping furiously you didn't even make a call before you left you didn't even put in any effort you're here doing toast and cheers with your friends or colleagues and she just doesn't get to do that and i think that's even a reality whether people are together or not and i think it was really important for them to highlight that because i don't think many people actually consider it or see it in real time like that the same way obviously a lot of women would probably have known that to be the case anyway yeah it was scary to watch like just how different the experiences of parenthood if you could call what lawrence is going through parenthood but they're barely barely. um the experiences were totally different um 
but yeah, all in all, I think it's stuff like that and stuff like they really look like they sat down and hammered out how the, how they're going to show us the ways in which um, Condola was drowning, the ways in which Lawrence was failing as a parent, but at work he's doing amazing, and how obviously because of now Condola being a mother, she's going to be set back by the baby, even though women, you know, that's not the world in which women want to live, and women want a world in which their careers are not put on pause because of a baby, but that they can just continue, and, you know, they're on the same trajectory as a man in the same exact position. Yes, yes, I know it sounds crazy, you know, that someone who's not going to be in work for a few months is going to expect, you know, the same increments and stuff. But at the end of the day, that we have to come towards a situation like that because you can't just say, oh, because you have a baby. Like, who's going to carry, who, who would carry the baby, you know, in, yeah. in, instead of the mother, you know? Um, and I also thought it was quite interesting. Um, I said to you and I were laughing because she tweeted that. How funny is it that in season four, Nathan called Lawrence sometimey. You say, I don't know. He seemed kind of sometimey to me. And that scene when Issa is helping him unpack or move into a new place. And Issa kind of loses it. And now, obviously, at the time, we're like, ooh, not, not Nathan dirty macking. But I mean, here we are. Um, I said to you, my friend was also pointing out how as far as character development grow, I mean, goes, in this specific episode, it kind of made us see the fact that Lawrence hasn't actually grown as much as we would have thought. I mean, yes, he's got a new job. Yes, he's on his own now. Yes, he's not on Issa's couch anymore. But in terms of personal development and character development, he's pretty much, pretty much still the same. And something that stood out to me, which I think is something that we actually see and hear from a lot of men and they don't realize how, like, how horrible it is or how like ridiculous it is to say. And Lauren said it at multiple points in the episode where he was like, but she does, she just doesn't see that, you know, there's so many dads out there that are not even doing this. And I'm here, like I'm trying. And it's like, sir, that's your child. Do you want a gold star? Do you want us to give you a medal? Like, what do you mean? Do you want a prize for being an active parent? And I think all of that just kind of made me feel like Lawrence actually is such a big baby. Like, even the fight that he had with Condola, that was so horrible. Like, I'm, I'm not Condola's biggest fan, but I was just like, this, this is mad. The fact that he could raise her, his voice, shout at her, busy telling her, shut up, because he just felt like whatever she was going on about wasn't that serious. And he said to her, you messed my life up or you turned my life upside down or whatever the wording was. And I'm like, it's actually so interesting that he felt like, he could say that but not once has he actually considered like did she want this like maybe she kept this because she felt like you know biologically her clock is ticking and not because necessarily i want to have a baby with lawrence or this man that i'm not together with there are probably so many factors that led to her keeping the child and the fact that for him as far as he's concerned all in all she just turned his life upside down like that's it and it, it kind of gave it gave the sense of like he's resentful oh 100 percent as much as you're just trying to make it seem like she's difficult, she's just that and the third, you're upset at her and you're angry at her for much more. Than they, both, they, were both, they were both angry at each other for more than they were literally. For a lot more than they were giving on. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, um, in regards to um, um, Lawrence's growth, I think it harkens back to how, you know, like men when, men, when they date, they really just think it's enough to say, 
oh, I've got a job that pays me this, this much. I've got a degree. I'm, I'm a nice guy. And then that's I'm really, I have finances together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not ugly looking like, you know, that that should get you through the door and that should get you all the babes, but it's really not. There are other things that you need to work on as a person. And I'm not saying that all women are worked on and have done the work to be better people. I'm not by any stretch of the imagination, but at least, but I don't think there are women going who haven't done that work going and saying, no, I expect a top tier nigga. Whereas with men, it's just like, they don't get how they could, you know, be missing certain emotional characteristics, emotional growth, emotional thing, emotional intelligence. And then like, you are missing it. If you're missing it, you're missing it, babes. You know, that's the truth. So it's crazy how Lawrence is missing. If he was more emotionally intelligent, he'd get how he has failed Condola. He'd get that this isn't Condola's ideal situation either. He's not the victim. He's not the victim in all of this. Yeah. There is no victim. If anyone is a victim, it's probably the child, if we're being honest. No, poor Eli slash Ja. Like, he's just like that. Mufasa. That bit Mufasa. <laughs> you know, that mother baby named Mufasa. But That's it, Mufasa. But it's just so crazy to me how he's made it about him. And, you know, you need, aside from women not centering men, like, in the middle of their lives, men also need to realize they are not like obviously yeah you can have main character syndrome to an extent don't get me wrong like it's your life you need to move like it's your life but at the same time you cannot think that other people's lives are about you your life is about you that's literally it so for him to now just think nah you turn my life upside down that is so that is very unkind and I hope obviously I don't think Condola is the type to let the baby know but if we look at it in real life, like that resentment for Kondula will now go to the child. It's going to be like, damn, I could have had Issa, but your ass came exactly. around. Exactly. And I think, like you said, main character syndrome, it was giving so much narcissism for me. Like, this is, this is what you're going to take away? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Do you think she's happy being in this situation, having to have, well, having to raise this child primarily on her own with the help of her sister? And you and her can't even agree on whether, you know, the baby's ready to have solids and where to have the baptism and name. Like, it's not an ideal situation for anyone. And um, I think, you know what, a lot of it, like, uh, apart from narcissism, I think, like you stated, for the most part, many men just kind of navigate life, you know, continuing, continuously, sorry, believing that they are the prize. And I think they believe, they're able to believe that they're the prize because of, you know, patriarchy and, misogyny it's allowed them to do that because for years women have been raised you know to 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 live in a way that's like your aim is to ultimately secure a man i mean not so much in present times but i think that same concept has applied for so long that it's no surprise that many men and lawrence included would act like that like they think that you know i have my own place now now that i'm not a bum financially I, I'm great because even the fact that um, Lawrence is already going on dates, and even you see him be so terrible even on the date, like before the text came, it's still very much like you haven't grown as a person. You're not ready for this, and yet here you are. It's it's quite interesting to me that it's not re- like I don't think he ever at any point. Obviously, they didn't show us that. Like he ever sat there and thought, "How am I going to work on myself emotionally?" 
it's it's like you said it's not the emotional intelligence is not really made a priority for men at all yeah i think (laughs) i think we've rinsed that episode chad did you have anything else you wanted to talk about regarding insecure um i do think that it's clear to see that they've kind of done the episodes in a way that like for now it's seeming it seems like you know it's like an episode per person for the most part like episode one is more so like the transition into this season but i guess mostly about kelly and isa i guess as individuals um last season last episode sorry, was more so molly and her family situations and her growth and stuff like that and now we're on the lawrence condola situation i would hope that for the remainder of the season so in the next seven episodes a lot more just either ties them collectively or like everything at some point comes together in a way that's actually entertaining rather than the thing that we're discussing last week is like they kind of lost and you know scrambling for how are we going to really close off the season in a way that's iconic or makes the most sense because i think something that does suck sometimes for me with insecure which i probably haven't spoken about before is the fact that a lot of the time until you watch the wind down sometimes there's so many little things that you miss and i don't think it's just a me thing i've noticed that for a lot of people until we've watched the wind down there's so much that we've missed until we watch or read sorry isa and prentice live tweeting and the different things that they're saying with the different explanations that they're giving it didn't translate fully and completely in the episode and i think it would be a shame if for the last seven episodes of this entire show the same thing happens where it's like just by watching we're all like missing significant parts you know what i mean like where the message or the story that they were trying to convey isn't properly translated into what we're seeing um i mean it's not the end of the world we can always really just watch the wind down but i mean what good is that if the actual show that we're being given isn't enough for us to get what they were really trying to tell us so yeah just i hope that it just doesn't get left like that because the same as condola and lawrence i'm hoping at some point it doesn't need to be a whole episode but we actually get a sense of what happened after that phone call. Because Prentice was tweeting about how he felt like they wanted to show, obviously by the, the turbulence, that something that was really important about this episode was legacy. And in the moment that there was all that turbulence on the plane, Lawrence immediately thought about his legacy. And you know, if his life was to end there, would he actually be happy with it or, or how it's ending? And apparently in that moment, he then realized that, okay, he had failed Condola or he needed to obviously call, maybe speak to and apologize. And I think when i was watching that scene i didn't necessarily stop and think legacy i thought maybe damn i guess he thought if my life ended now would i feel like damn i failed my son or i just wasn't nice to condola i wouldn't be happy if i died and that was the last interaction we had child the thought of legacy did not cross my mind (laughs) the fact that oh names and now this person's gonna be a walker or do you know what i mean i wasn't the the key word wasn't legacy so that's the only thing that I hope that for the next episodes, it's just a little bit more clearer. Yeah, I agree. Um, that really was not obvious that the rest of these episodes, oh, this episode was about Lawrence and his legacy. I really just thought, damn, they really tried to kill him for a second there. Like, that that was literally all I thought. I'm like, Issa, Issa knows she wrong for trying to kill Lawrence. Like, like he did not deserve that. Um yeah i think it's a good companion companion to the show um the wind down but i think it does say something if a lot of the stuff you discuss in the wind down isn't clear in the episode because then it means either we are dumb you know it's either we're dumb 
or <laughs> you just haven't been able to translate the ideas you're trying to translate you know well in terms of directing in terms of writing um and i don't think we're idiots you know i yeah, to be all of us <laughs> i've seen a few tweets like where people are also able to make their own connections but honestly had it not been had i just been watching this show minus any further context in terms of twitter in terms of um the wind down i don't think i'd be able to understand it as well as i do if i'm being honest we do say a lot of the fun in like a lot of the shows we watch is in twitter but at least like if we're talking like real housewives and stuff i don't need to go on twitter to understand certain things it's just it's just some things are wrong, you know? Yeah, I get you. But yeah, I mean, good episode. Hopefully they, this is the, the trajectory we're going on and it doesn't kind of drop from here because now it seems to be picking up. Finally. <laughs> Finally, but housewives. Whoop, whoop, whoop. They were baby. I've been waiting for this reunion. Honestly, damn yes, is the beginning of this. I was gonna say, <laughs> like, I've never, I don't think I've ever been this excited. Like, even like, regardless of the Nicki Minaj thing, just no, just seeing the little things with Mia. And actually, mm-hmm. on that note, I would like to go on the record. Okay. I've been on the record a lot today. I've been on the yeah. record a lot. Yeah. Let's go. But I'm gonna say it again. Um, a lot of like tweets i've been seeing and even candace said herself that mia lies mia has a distraught relationship with the truth Mm -hmm. you know the truth is clearly not her friend you know they haven't spoken to each other in a bit um and what i will say with regards to mia is mia has never said she was not a stripper that one guys mia has never said no she's never denied working in a strip club what she has denied is or what she has lied about is the terms under which you know what was happening in the strip club that is a lie that is a bold face lie mia's lying about that but mia has never denied that she was in a strip club leo i don't know why you want to come and lie on this this is called reality check Mia, so Mia said, baby. Mia said, I did not work in a pot. Really? You know, yeah, like, yo, Leo's about to, you know, Mia said I was a bartender. I was so. No, no, no. She said she was a bartender. Then she, she said that like her trajectory in the establishment was she was a bartender and then she was a stripper. That's how am I, honestly, we're watching the same show here. How do we have two different? She yeah, said she was a bartender. Before. And all these people across the world. Run it back, run it back. Mia said she was a bartender, and then I need to think about it like any other club. If you work in a club, you can be a bartender, and then one day you're working VIP, you're given another. No, 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 that's, I, I don't deny that. But that I, a, a what she had said was, what I, what I took from it was, oh, she was a bartender, and they're like, mm, you know what, you could actually be good on the pole, and they threw her on the ass on the pole. That's so all I took she said from when it. they went to Wendy's um, little trip that. She used to be, uh, what did she call it, entertainer, but she was never on the pole. That's when they told her that your ass been on the pole before when she did what she did on the bus. She said, I have not been on the pole. And the thing is with Mia, I think she, you know how people always say, omission is still a form of lying. Mish, it is. Mia started off with, I was a bartender. Then it went to, a, a, well, she said a bartender or a server. Then she went to yeah. the gowns and 
Um, no, the guns is bullshit. Let me just say that. Men paying for their time as well. The same 10, paying $10,000. You know, and there's lobster and gowns and stuff. Then she said she wasn't on the pole. Fast forward to reunion. This is the first time she's not admitting that sometimes the gowns would come off and I'll just be in my little thong. Baby! And you know what's crazy? Why is it every time they ask me, she think, well, well, actually, then they say, actually, but Mia, you said, well, actually, no, what I meant to say was, no, I think you guys are really being hard on Mia, honestly. No, like being hard on herself. You, no, no, no. You guys are really, you, you want, I think, honestly, it's giving misogyny. You guys want to hear, oh, yeah, Mia was a stupid. You want her to really swim in that lake. Like, Mia's not embarrassed of that fact. You guys want, I, I feel to some extent there are fans who want Mia to be embarrassed of it. And she is just not doing that. I don't think Mia, I don't think fans actually want to be embarrassed about it. I think Mia wants to be embarrassed about it because it's a clip they even ran back where she was talking about how there was a lot of shame in certain things. I think Mia herself is the one who wants to step away from the shame and it's understandable because... Because of how people respond. Obviously, do get a lot of shame. So I'm not removing that from her. My main thing is, and I've always said this, if somebody's going to say something, you need to say it and you need to meet and you need to own it. Even if Mia wanted to lie and tell us about Gorgans and lobsters and she wasn't on the pool and she just died in the third. At the very least, don't now get asked meeting up, up. Well, actually, and now everyone's just like, ah. Because she can't even like back herself. No, but. With Vim and Chess. Especially because when the producers cut, is now going back to the scenes where you said what you said. It's not the same thing. And I think, remember the last time we had a conversation about, I don't think for me, it's so much about the shame. Mia will have, or we want to maybe control her narrative or whatever. But when it comes to other women, she wants to shame them. And that's why I can't let the misogyny claims run because there's no way Mia's going to be telling other people about their dressing, referencing Victoria's Secret models, referencing why you naked, this is that and the third, be classy, be like Michelle Obama. You don't see Michelle Obama like this. Me as the one who's saying this and wanting to shame somebody else for the way they're dressing. You would swear to God, Wendy was walking around with her ass cracked out. And Mia tried to shame her for having a high-cut bodysuit. I personally... Mia who was stripping. I don't blame Mia. You see how these women latch onto things and how they respond to certain things. You think... You think like, why would anyone be... Like, think... I, didn't, I don't think you're thinking about the people she's talking to and the people who she's going to now come and say, I'm a stripper to Candice, Wendy. Like, these are two people who, whatever she says, they will really latch on and drive home. You are a stripper. You are eh, your benefactor. Like, think, wouldn't you lie? Like, I really think you are looking at this in a, such a benevolent way, and you're looking at it in such a, everybody's nice. It's flowers outside. It's sunny outside. Those women are not nice. Mia is, and Mia is not, Mia is not a nini. Mia is not strong enough to sit there and and, and take it and, you know, and sit in the I'm a stripper. But I feel like every time she talks, they want to just bring her back. So girl, was you a stripper? Like who wouldn't get tired and start lying? I would too. My only problem is you and I both know is no one has the expectation for any one of those women to be nice and understanding. Not at all, because I haven't done that. Why would she be honest with them? My problem is if you're going to lie, then stick to it. Because you see Giselle, Giselle can lie, and Giselle does not care that she looks ridiculous in the things that she's saying. Giselle sat there and said, oh, it didn't look that way to me. Giselle knows that doesn't make sense, but once she's decided that the sky is purple, you will... But that's what I'm saying. Mia is, not, Mia is not that strong. 
That's what I'm saying. Mia's not strong enough. Maybe, but this is the her. wrong cast to have joined. I think for me, the issue is... Wow, this I don't is the wrong cast. I don't expect her to, to, to expect everyone is going to receive what she's saying in a nice way. Especially, you saw what they did to Candace. I mean, not Candace. Monique, where they tried to paint her as this person because she rapped one day. It's like, oh, how dare you? You ghetto little thing. I get it. That's not what I'm... What I'm saying is, oh, how can she want to lie? I just wish she lied better. Because... When she lies and they catch her out in a lie and then she looks ridiculous, she looks far worse than if she had ever said, I, don't think I did this, but I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's I my don't think you're questioning enough why she feels the need to lie. I feel like you guys are all just hung up on Mia's a liar, but like you're not questioning why, if Mia is a liar, like I'm saying, why is Mia lying? What, what is it about these women that would make a person lie? And it's because they are not kind people that, that, that even if even if she didn't have a beef with any of these people, that they would still latch onto it and make her feel shamed for this for for the way in which you know she was raised, the way in which blah 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 blah. That is the fundamental of Real Housewives, and it's just it's it's really frustrating how people want hundred percent total honesty from someone who from from someone who it would be impossible it would be impossible to navigate that situation correctly. There's a wrong. I would hear that if that was the only thing she lied about. It's not. If it was, oh, no, she's lying about everything. Everyone can sit here and be like, "Do you know what? She actually—that's something that's you know obviously surrounded by a lot of shame. People view it in in a certain kind of way. That's understandable. Why is it with everything? And it's not even like the slightest things. Remember what the first you did, and then the producers ran the clip back, and it was like, now where did you get that? And it didn't happen once. It didn't happen twice. Then the same thing happened with her clip thing, mind you. Even the issue with the surgeries, she came and name dropped that by herself. She didn't need to come and list those surgeries. And I understand obviously wanting to be open and claim what you want. She could have left her cootie cat alone. Now with the cootie cat, she was lying about what she did. And it's like, but why? Like, what benefit is there? Like, why are you doing that? That's why I'm like, it's not even with everything. Mia's first um, reference on the show, she lied about her age and she couldn't do the math. And then they called her out like, wait, but this math is not mathing. This would mean you're this age. You said, oh, sorry, oops. Um, actually, I don't know. Well, something like that. Again, why? Okay, same day. You now come and list us or give us a list of all the surgeries you've had. And obviously stuff like your face, your nose, or anything on your face or certain things on your body, people can see. When it comes to your cootie cat, your privates, literally no one can see that. You didn't need to say anything. Then in the beginning, when they first asked her why she did it, her reason was obviously... You know, some somewhere along the lines of a mommy makeover or G, whatever, whatever. Obviously, personal issues like that, I do think that nobody had to ask her, but she still then answered and she still then lied. Again, easily could have been and like then, and then private ladies, information. I don't want to tell you why I had clip work done or work done. How did the ladies respond to the, that comment? That what? To the comment to 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 her admitting to have had work on her quick hat. I think from what I remember, everyone was kind? the first time we've ever seen you and you're telling us about your kid surgery which no, it was it wasn't it wasn't the first time we met her that was the that was the first time we met her at the dinner thing at wendy's titty thing that was the first time karen brought her around at happy and nurse reveal there's this what did she call it chocolate at the, the nude interlude. something nude, nude interlude nude interlude that was the first time they met her when they were at the table when um uh what's her name Wendy was showing up happy in this and her bum or whatever. And that's when they had that exchange about who did what and blah, 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 blah. But that was literally the first time they met her. And everyone was like, we haven't even known you for 24 hours. And granted, people like Giselle, 
Robin, Candice, I think maybe or Ashley, I think Ashley wasn't even there. Maybe Candice obviously did have some comments, which I felt like I can agree with you that this had, you are now trying to shame her for mentioning this thing. But again, if you then say it out of nowhere, and then you lie about the specific thing or the reason, and then now come reunion, it's actually, I had a C-section. So then they asked me, wait, but last time you said, mommy makeover, or I don't know if she said it or she gave the implication, but everyone was like, you were mentioning mommy makeover, but you didn't give natural birth. And this was something that even everyone on Bravo Twitter was like, wait, but at what point was she having the surgery if she had C-section? Again, she now can't answer. That's why I'm like, it's, it's, it's a common pattern, whether it's you're playing broken telephone and you know broken telephone once or twice, it can be understandable. Not when it's a common thing now there's the age now there's the stripping thing now there's the surgery thing i think you're giving me a lot of grace i think will be if if it were one or two things people lie here and there all of them but it's like if it's consistent i don't think we're about to sit here make it seem like oh but obviously it's going to be so hard for her because these people are not kind oh obviously she's not gonna da 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 ciao listen i'm done <laughs> are you done because i am so this episode was the first part of the four-part reunion during which we are expecting a segment to be hosted by the artist formerly known as the queen of rap (laughs) um so yeah we have discussed mia and her big clip um next um how did you feel about the seating chart? Like, did you think it made sense? Would you have made any changes? What was tea? Um, because I'm not like super familiar with housewives. Like I'm not that deep into housewives to know about how the seating charts are like relevant. Like, I don't know what it means when you sat next to Andy. I don't know if that means you had the biggest storyline in this. Yeah. It means, it means you are, you are relevant to the season. Like, you know how Porsche's, it's always like, like Porsche's quite there? Yeah. Because you're, you're relevant. You're basically, okay. it's, it's order of relevance to some extent. Okay, so if we're going by that, I don't personally understand why Giselle would have been where she sat. Because as much as Giselle had like a terrible reunion or whatever, Giselle was not the majority of most of the stuff. Like even though her and Wendy had the situation, for me personally, that didn't carry as much weight as, Wendy's situation, obviously, with Giselle, and then maybe Candace and Mia and everything else that happened following, you know, reasonably shady, the trips, et cetera, et cetera. I would have had Mia a lot further closer, but I don't know if it's because she's a really new housewife, so she's back there. But I didn't understand why Giselle was where she was. To me, it wasn't making sense. It would have made more sense for Candace or even Ashley. To be first chair. Okay. (laughs) I I think first chair... I don't think Wendy um, did anything, you know, that necessitated being first chair. Literally, yes. You, I think second chair would have been more than fine, but not first. Literally, aside from the rumor about her husband. But you know what the thing is? The rumor about her husband then brought up all the conversation because it literally was brought up in like two or three episodes. Why is Wendy dressing the way she's dressing? From when, um, what's her name? Giselle went to see Ashley just after she gave birth to Giselle discussing with Robin upstairs at the trip to them asking Wendy two or three times to then the argument happening with Giselle and Wendy and then it continuing with Wendy and Robin's 
friendship is not the same. I do feel like Wendy kept coming up a lot. Oh, there was then when there was the candles. There were all these different scenes that this season Wendy was really like on our screens a lot. That I'm not really surprised that you get first chair. Mm, uh, I, st- uh, I don't think she deserved first chair. Sorry. I okay, think. Who would you have given first chair? First chair. Definitely Candace would have been on one of the first chairs. I think Candace ra ta ta ta. I don't like the other chair. I don't know cuz okay the options are clearly Wendy, Giselle or Karen. Those are the only people who we could put in the other first chair. It's now, not Why would you have Karen or Giselle up there? In then it could Wendy could be the one. I mean Candace could be the one in terms of storyline and then Karen or Giselle could be in terms of being an OG. Like, in terms of... Is that normally how it works? Like, an OG and a storyline? Yeah, like, no, it's not like that, but I'm saying how I would have done it. And like, that you are a senior person on the show, clearly. Because the thing about um, seating charts is they try as much as possible not to have them change season to season. So if you think about it, Portia, after Portia became first chair in Atlanta, she didn't really move. So I think... Wendy, and I don't imagine Wendy having a bumper season next season and then she's still in that chair. That Karen is, I imagine Karen would be brought back, you know, regard, imagine, like, you know, if something happened. Um, so I definitely, sh- I think Candace and Karen, because I like, because I like Karen, you know, I love Karen. So I think Candace and Karen, and then next to Candace, you put Wendy, next to Karen, you put Giselle. Um, I don't know where you'd put Robin, Ashley, and me and them. I don't know. I don't really care. They are not. They were not really relevant this season. They weren't very. They weren't as relevant this season. Um. But yeah. What about the looks? Like who was who was dripped down? Should I actually let me let let me open this? I let's have. Let me let me get my little list chat. them, baby. I think um, number one, from seeing seeing the the dress in motion. I'm sorry, but I really think from seeing what I saw in motion, I think Karen, I think Karen is my number one. Like Karen, Karen ate her fit. Karen, Karen is in her, is damn near in her 60s and she's showing the girls dust. I think I've always said my top two, Karen and Ascala were interchangeable. So when I first saw the looks, I put Ascala's number one, but I think I always said I wanted to see how it looked on TV, how it looked as they speak. And Ascala still looks very good, and I might change my mind by part three. But I think um, for now, I'm going to say one Karen, two Ascala. But when I made the list, it was two Karen, one Ascala. Third, I'm going to say it's Mia. Um, I really, I like the peacock thing. I thought it was different. And it makes her, it makes her body look nice. Um, and it's, 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 it, it follows the theme in all, in all aspects. It gives you nude. It gives you gives you um pink like it gives you all shades of pink that you could possibly think of and it's just very regal um candace i'll give number four so candace there was a basic element to her outfit i think it was missing a little something something um but the beat as always the beat the you know candace's face when they beat that face child they really they really beat the face um Number five, Ashley. Ashley would have looked good in 2012. Um, she really was giving pageant, babe. You could see. She even wore a damn peep toe. Like, that pissed me 
off. <laughs> Who wears a deep toe after 2020? It's like wearing color contacts. Like, get out of here, man. Get out of here. We're done with that. Get out of here. Um, and then last and definitely least. Oh, no. No, not yet there. Um, Wendy, I think, was sixth. I didn't really like Wendy's dress. I don't know if you watch Married to Medicine. Um, there was a reunion. I know you don't, but I mean, <laughs> to the person who asked me about married medicine on Twitter, I forgot your handle. I think it was Tracy. Yes, I think it was probably Tracy. Um, Wendy's dress looked a lot like um, Quad's dress from the last married to medicine reunion, and I think may have been made by the same person. Um, I just think it was a bit too booby. Like, like girl, I know you got new titties, but damn like did they ever take a break um and then last but last and definitely least robin number seven giselle robin's makeup was a mess robin did not look good the t-shirt the dress is giving t-shirt um giselle giselle's giselle above the neck look nice um i would have done the hair differently i want to see giselle do something different like sleek like i don't know sleek back her hair something just not the same high and dry she told y'all she happy she ain't changing shit nah can andy cohen force her to change she said i'm happy i don't care i'm i I don't care about it it's you know it's nothing but noise she's happy the way she looks and dresses so like karen says no change baby (laughs) yeah i'm tired of giselle what about you who who who, who Um, hit the nail on the head in terms of reunion fashions um, prior to watching, I too had um, Karen and Ascala as number one. My number one before the reunion was Karen, and my number two was Ascala. But after I watched, it actually changed because I think Ascala's look looked really good. But I think in person and on, in motion and on video, it just it it was really nice. Like even when she came out, I was like, wow! I was blown away by her makeup, by her hair. Even the dress, I think when I first saw it, I was worried that it looked a little bit shiny. But when I saw it in person, I'm like, actually. Not you think she looked like shiny suit Twitter. Hey, I mean, not, <laughs> not as bad as shiny suit Twitter, but like it was still like giving me a little, just a little sheen. And then when I saw it, I'm like, you know what? Maybe it was just flash photography, the lighting, but in motion and on video, she looked stunning. Karen, I mean, for the past maybe two, three seasons. Like once we started getting new wigs, Karen, she's been eating. I don't want to cap. Um, there's a reason she refers to herself as the grand dame and she's honestly delivering her makeup, her hair, her look. I remember when she walked out, even Ashley was like, oh my gosh, Karen. Like she delivered, she knew what she was there to do. I absolutely loved it. So for me, I would say now seeing it, number one, Ascala, number two, Karen. Not so sure, like if my mind will change, but um. I might even give them a tie. Like, honestly, they were like queens of looks this season. I actually probably would have put Wendy's dress before Mia's. I don't know what it was about Mia's. I don't know if it's not really like the embellishing. I really did like the peacock detail as well. I thought that was very different. But there was just something about it that wasn't really... Oh, in fact, for me, I'm not a big fan of Holtenick dresses, tops. It's not really my thing. So naturally i'm going to be like "Mm." um i do get what you mean though about wendy's dress like it was giving a lot of boob i don't know if it's one of those maybe she's getting used to them (laughs) 
or she's still like obviously really trying to show them off i didn't think it looked taggy but it was a lot of like boob um so for that reason i probably would have given wendy a three and mia a four i think if i didn't have a problem with haltonix but mia probably would have taken third candace is gonna have to take fourth for me because not that she looked um bad like we said her hair her makeup great I think the middle section, like the corset bit of a dress, I wasn't really a fan of. And even when you zoom in, you see the actual fine detail. I just didn't think it looked nice. I don't think it needed to be there, but I guess maybe they're trying to make it different or give it more texture. Personally, I'm not a fave of it. I'm also, I'm not a fan of it. Sorry, I'm also not a fan of the like, the shape of the corset top bit of her dress. So for me, unfortunately, I also didn't like the shoes that she wore with this dress. I don't know if it was just me, but I wasn't a fan um ashley robin giselle they're just gonna have to share that bottom title because i can't even think of who looks better between the three of them i'm even tempted to say giselle might look better than ashley only because ashley insists on dressing like when 2009 like even when she wore to karen and ray's anniversary slash second wedding or whatever it didn't make sense the type of dress she was wearing like you said the peep toe heel it's like and she's amongst I think the youngest, I think between her and Candice, they are the youngest on the cast. So I just... She's she's the youngest. So I'm even like, this doesn't even make sense. Like, why are you the one dressed like this? It's not making sense to me. Um, Like we said, Giselle is very much happy with dressing the way she dresses. She doesn't think she looks bad. So that being said, we can expect her to just consistently disappoint us in terms of looks. Robin is also another one who's committed to her cause. She's just committed to not looking good. Whether she gives baggy, remember somebody, I think you were mentioning how somebody said she dresses for comfort. I don't know, but (laughs) (laughs) from the makeup, the hair, the dress itself, even her dress, it's like the way it was also just about to miss the mark of pink, no matter how light of a shade it was. It's just like, but Robin, why? (laughs) Like, why? I just don't know why she's committed to looking and dressing the way she does, but hey. Those were basically the looks for me. I think in terms of looks, Atlanta, maybe because I don't watch the other ones, but mm-hmm. Atlanta is the one for me that at this point delivers the most because they always look good for the most part. Yeah. Except Druisha and Candy. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I think the reunion looks are definitely a step up in terms of the cast as a whole. I enjoyed how everybody looked, and it was quite cohesive, except for Robin. Giselle just, you know, she wore the right color. I'll give her that she wore the right color. At least. At least. Um, but yeah, I think um, in terms of how everyone acted, don't you think, like, Wendy was a bit, was trying to involve herself a bit too much? Like, Andy would ask Giselle a question. He would really ask Giselle, or he'd ask, Somebody a question. It was her time he asked Robin. <laughs> and you know who had an opinion? Damn, damn Wendy. And it's like, Wendy, you are first chair. Don't worry, they're not going to move you, baby. You, you've got first chair. You've got it now. You don't I have to... Even to, to want to start answering and to have an opinion before the person has even formulated their answer. And listen, I'm not a fan of Mrs. Dixon or, or, or you know, like, I'm not here necessarily to defend her, but I'm like damn can robin get the senate out like can she finish before you want to say something i I don't know if she watched 
like the season just before they started filming, like the, as in the night before, so that she was freshly filled with rage. I have no idea, but when he came ready, pop, 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 ready to scrap, ready to fight. And it was really shocking to me. I think as much as, you know, she was done dirty in terms of the Eddie storyline, that was a little bit earlier on in the season, such that I, I just wonder what it is that could have set off that much pre-reunion. I don't know if it's, like I said, because she just watched it or maybe seeing people's confessionals and some of the other side conversations that were happening or maybe if other people were saying other things because obviously remembering that this is only part one so maybe as part two to four come she will reveal what she's just seen or what she just saw or maybe if it was a tweet because apparently according to everyone Mia your boss is now the new Twitter meanie on the blog so maybe Mia tweeted something that said her off but listen Wendy was ready to go yeah but I just don't think it's a cute look I think like, Wendy, you are wronged. Like, everyone is on your side already. Like, we know Giselle did you dirty. I think by behaving this way, you only stand to lose people's support. You're not going to gain any new supporters or people saying, oh, damn, Giselle should have done that. People are now going to feel bad for Giselle because now you're talking about Giselle and not having a man. You're talking about Giselle's tummy tuck not helping her keep Jamal. Like... <laughs> Sorry, I had to. You know, I was gonna talk about that. You know, I was gonna talk about that. <laughs> no, I agree. I think even common, common commentary that I kept seeing on Twitter as well is the exact same thing that we all walked into this reunion already on Wendy's side. We already know they were doing her dirty and doing too much. Um, even some of the situations where the Green Eyed Bandits and Robin would keep gaslighting and just doing all these little things. We were on her side. And if anything, all of us walked away like, why are you doing too much? Like, even, you know, the little things like, oh, no, she's not his type. You know, he likes this woman with integrity. Like, it's boring. It's never really been you. That's not really what we're here for right now. And like you said, we are already on your side. So mm -mm, it's not cute. I hope throughout the reunion, the, sh the focus shifts. Even there's a time where um, Wendy is kind of going back and forth with Mia about something and I think kind of trying to like antagonize and say something and Karen literally looked disgusted and like gobsmacked like and she was even like scolding Wendy like Wendy was just like Wendy like you could see the actual disgust or like shock and irritation on Karen's face at some of the things Wendy was saying even though there were no jabs and she was giggling but it's like Karen was not here for it she wasn't pleased and I don't think it's just I think all of us were really just there like and then like why I think for me, what made me, and I know you're, you're, I know you're gonna have an opinion on this. Um, I don't know if you remember when Candace started crying, talking about her situation with Chris. Um, Mia was talking, and then Wendy was like, "Are you still talking?" Shut. I don't know if she said "shut up" or "shut the fuck up." And I was like, I mean, granted, Mia shouldn't have been talking while Candace was crying. I can recognize that. And also, what she had said wasn't nice, but it's like, why are you now, like? I know that's your friend, but even Robin and Giselle, I don't, like, Robin and Giselle, as evil as they are, I don't think they're the types to now come in, tell someone to shut up on their person's behalf. Like, I think Wendy's coming. Robin did it once or twice, but I think maybe because she's more soft-spoken and she's not, like, shouting across the other person, it will still make it a lot more palatable. I can agree about that. So I think, um, yeah, Wendy stands to lose a few fans. Speaking of Wendy, did you see that video where she was trying to sing a Nicki Minaj bar 
where I think Michael Rappaport, if I have his name right, he was, he asked, oh, are you a Bob? And then she's like, of course I'm a Bob. And then she goes, pull up in the trunk, pull up in the Sri Lanka. And, and I don't know if it was a slip, she was nervous, but it's really giving fake. It's and- giving fake Stan fake Barb. And even me, who's not like a Barb, I was just like, those are not the words. I, I, I would, if I were her, I would have even just said, oh my gosh, itty bitty piggy. Or just listed the song Or name a few songs, yeah. Ah! <laughs> it definitely sounds like Mia is trying to have several moments and be a quote-unquote iconic housewife. Because also think about it. Mia's doubled down on being a reality TV quote-unquote star. Like, you mean Mia or Wendy? I mean, sorry, Wendy, sorry. Um, Wendy is, is, is hell-bent on like now reality tv being her bag i don't think she's really on cnn i don't watch cnn but i don't think she's on cnn like that anymore she's done her boobs and everything which she could still be on cnn don't get me wrong but i think she's now moving more towards reality tv being her bag and i hope for her sake that you know bravo likes and she has stuff to do and stuff to say for the next couple of years otherwise mm -mm. was that the miss feifei Mm. Mm. no i agree i think it was giving like you're trying to become a meme or have a moment that's iconic for from the reunion because the energy she's on is not making sense obviously we've now seen the clip of her trying to quote Nicki minaj lyrics supposedly i wonder how she's going to act when Nicki actually then comes out um i'm not a fan i don't know not 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 because it's that bad it's just giving like it's inauthentic like that's not the real her do you know what i mean like when you've had other housewives who probably say and do stuff that becomes iconic they weren't trying that's just how they are um and like you said and she's obviously trying to shift away from you know professor work this this that and the third and i think something that's going to shoot her in the foot is obviously the energy she came with in the beginning and you were doing all this that to dr wendy to you People are naturally going to be like, mm, you came, you know, with all this women energy. So to make the shift when before you were kind of shaming people for less or somewhat looking down on people because they don't have the same educational background as you because they're not political commentators on CNN and now you want to become this iconic reality TV star. It's like, not that you can't be multifaceted, but the fact that you were previously looking down on people, I don't know how that's going to work in terms of becoming an iconic housewife because I feel like so many people are just going to have something to say you know, and not necessarily in her favor because, yeah, it was giving, it wasn't, I don't want to be dramatic, but like, it was just a little tiny bit insufferable. Like you said, the shut the, shut the hell up or shut the fuck up or just, just, it just doesn't seem like it's really her. It's also like, not right now, not you having more vim. And I do also feel, I don't know. It didn't seem like, you know, like you said, they're friends. But it didn't even seem like you're doing this to defend your friend. You're doing this because you have your own personal vendetta with Mia. Like, fine, Candace is your friend, but now all these extra little things you're saying, are you really defending Candace? Or Because I think one of the points that Mia made is the fact that if somebody was really Candace's friend, they would have mentioned to her that Mama Dot was actually the one also kind of like um, adding fuel to the fire, blah, 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 blah. And now I also just felt like, okay, Mia, you, as much as it's a little bit of a valid point, I don't even think you're doing this because you care about Candace's greater good. It's literally just to take a jab at Wendy. But then, like you said, the back and forth now just seems like you're doing this for yourself and you're hiding behind defending your friend Candace. 
It's not cute. I hope she doesn't continue it in the upcoming months. Um, speaking of Candice, what did you think about Candice, this reunion? <laughs> I don't know how, but Candice has actually come off worse. I think the reunion has now shown what exactly is the problem with Candice. I think the fans, as fans, we've been speaking for a while, we've been saying, no, Candice, it's clear her mother is a problem in her life. Her mom is not the girl she thinks she is. Um, so for us to now like kind of hear how she's been affected by their falling out with Chris, I don't know. I, I don't know what the solution is. I hope, I hope they can figure it out with her mom, but I think Candace's mom, it's either her, her mom is in her life in a reduced capacity and they're working on it or she needs to cut her mom off because her mom is actually kind of toxic. And I think her mom contributes and her and the way in which she relates to her mom kind of contributes to the way she relates to some of these ladies and how she handles conflict. I, I don't believe every single time I disagree with someone, it must be ratatata. Like you should just be able to go, you know what? that's some bullshit and then keep it moving like but like she gets irate she gets she really like she really will not back down and i think it's a sagittarius thing she's a sagittarius child so you know they don't be backing down and i think it's apparent when you look at how she behaves sometimes what about you i agree i think um contrary to popular belief <laughs> i'm actually not a candace stan um she's not what repeat that sentence again i'm, I'm yeah. not a candidate and i've been telling you this throughout this entire season i think it was more a case for me that looking at that situation for what it was in my eyes i said to you before i'm just not the biggest fan of people kind of like talking to you anyhow and then for the response there has to be a limit it's not that I'm trying to justify bad behavior. I don't think Candace needs to do the things that she does or say the things that she says, or it ever has to be a, ah, oh, no, it's fine. I mean, that's just how she's always been. But in the same time, I do think two things can be right. For someone who was on, who had said when they came on the show that they used to watch it, they're familiar with the show and they somewhat seen how these characters or these, you know, cast members kind of navigate on the show. And for you to come and make a claim like, because listen, from season one, we've all seen, like you said, how Candace gets, gets and how she navigates situations, how she handles conflict. You can't, you just, nobody can just tell me that they watched the show for more than one season when Candace was on there. And they just didn't know that that's how Candace was going to react. And it's now be a thing of, oh, somebody has to, you know, kind of police the reaction. Because as much as it's wrong, I just don't also want people to be disingenuous in the sense that we're not going to sit here and make it seem like people, um, especially in African-American culture, that your whole your mama thing doesn't happen. It doesn't make it okay. But I just feel like the way it was like, <gasps> to me, was a little bit disingenuous because there have been people who've done or said worse and kind of, it's been fine. Not been fine, but like there wasn't just this much of a reaction. I also don't know if it's a thing of where she is because. I personally am not of the belief that if somebody on Atlanta had said your mama, it would have gotten this reaction that these ladies from Potomac had. So maybe that's just what it is. I don't know. I could be wrong. But it was one thing when Candace didn't know what Mia's situation was and her trigger was. And for her to then, well, I'm going to say it again, because as much as 
um, she didn't know what the trigger point for Mia was. In my opinion, I know people's triggers are different and things that upset people, you know, you can't necessarily measure for someone else. But in my opinion, I just don't think you being upset that somebody called your video low budget, which it was low budget, matches or is on the same level as you now saying your mom or when you know the history of that person and the relationship with the mom or what's happened to their mom. I just, like you said, it's quite surprising that she's now walking away from this reunion a lot worse because I just didn't think it could get worse, but she, she, she went worse um, or she took it there. I think it's also very true what you said that this is all clear, like coming from trauma in terms of like her dynamics with her mom and a relationship with her mom. It shows in her conflict resolution or lack thereof. Um, it shows even in the way she and Chris communicate with one another. And that's one thing I'm probably worried about for her, that now she's in the situation where she said her family will never be the same because Chris is now watching her like, bro, your mom. Chris's family and the rest of her in-laws are watching her like, bro, your mom. Um, and because of the way her relationship is with her mom, we see the way it affects how Candace even speaks to Chris sometimes. And I just don't want it to be a thing of where she's kind of left for dead, where Chris is also like, I can't take this. And now also Mama Dot is also not there. And I also agree that Mama Dot's either going to have to get help or just or she's going to have to cut Mama Dot. And even if Mama Dot gets help, she's definitely going to have to separate herself from her significantly because she's quite toxic. I'm just now saying she's kind of toxic. It's not even kind of like she's toxic. And it's funny because I think I was saying to you as we're watching the season, I just have a feeling Mama Dot just wants to be messy and wants to poke the fire and lo and behold it turns out that this is what she's what it was and now obviously they've gone and seen the show and how everything was edited and all the different things that they didn't know she said and did and it's now had this big like blow up and i think that's quite sad um i said this i think last week when we're speaking about housewives and how it's just sad that at the end of the day as much as some things are casted there's still an element that i mean not casted somewhat scripted there's still an element of real life and it's really sad to see you know, these things kind of go the way they go on national television or international television because everyone's going to have a comment. Somebody's going to analyze something differently. You have to see people's live reactions and opinions to your family and your family situation. Some people are not sensitive. Some people, um, even as I was going through the Bravo hashtag, they don't like Candace, understandably so. So now people don't really care that this is happening to us. So everyone is, or not everyone, some people are going to have all these negative things to say, or oh, we don't care because you were like this to Mia. And I think it just sucks, same as Mia, if God forbid, not even saying if anything were to happen to him, but like people's sensitivity ends up being capped depending on how they feel about you as an individual or as a cast member. And I think that's what's really sad because at the end of the day, these are people's real lives, you know? Um, and it's also sad, I think, for Candace because because of how she's been and how she is, I think even for some of the cast members, it will be hard for them to feel sorry for her because, you know, one minute you are having all these things to say your mama to Mia and you and your mom also don't actually have the greatest relationship or it turns out you actually have a lot of trauma surrounding your relationship with your mom and it's not as rosy and I'm mommy school as you thought it was. So now, if now someone were to come and say to you, are you really just going to be like, mm, in the black movies, joining? That's probably going to trigger you and until then, now you know what it may potentially feel like. It may not obviously have the same severity as me situation, but like we were saying earlier, karma just being a recurring theme, here we are.
And now look, Jamal owes people tax money. Ciao. Ciao. And can I, if, I don't know if you are, an, like, I know you are an OG Potomac stan, but I don't know if like a lot of people are familiar with the tape, the, the, the tape they reran, um, tax reform, free uncle mm-hmm. Ben. That was, that was really mean of Giselle to do because she, because her and Karen were not beefing at the time. They weren't friends, yes, but they were not beefing. And Giselle was just trying to have a moment. And it's funny that now it's biting her in the ass through Jamal. And I don't believe that, that she's, heard the, huh? she's heard the last from the IRS. I think they could, I don't know much about tax, but I could imagine a situation in which it's like, yeah, you were his wife, come here. Like you got in the divorce. I don't know how they sorted it, but I just think it's funny how now her own ex-husband, sorry, is now in the same situation that um, Ray was in and she's going to expect sympathy, which is funny because Robin had tax issues and it's like all the people who laughed at me. Now, look, you had the same. It wasn't even that you were just in trouble. You had the same exact problem that you were laughing. And it wasn't even Karen who was in trouble. It was Ray. It was Ray. And I think that what's shocking, um, I didn't even forgotten about Robin and Warren's tax situations, but like with Giselle, it's the way she was so relentless and so unforgiving and she made it a whole thing like well the rest of the season we got to the reunion that season and she just kept like honing it in like but how did you not know but that's your husband how what do you mean to how how can you tell us you just didn't know lo and behold with jamal the year that this was happening they were still indeed married so and i think that's what's really like for me really aggravating about Giselle as a cast member that like you know, there's being messy, there's being some kind of way, but like she just gets so nasty. And I don't know if it's that whole lack of emotion in her, but like like you said, when the same thing happened with Karen and she was wearing tax reform research, I mean t-shirts, and she kept saying, Oh, it's a joke, it's a joke. She she don't know how to take a joke. And it's like that's not a joke. You want it to be mean, you want it to be nasty. If somebody did that to her, she'd be there like, I don't care, I don't care. Like, that's not even funny. That's not even funny. And it's the 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 fact that she flip-flop so much or like can just never maintain the same energy same thing when robin her supposed friend had issues she kind of questioned it a little bit she just didn't carry it on for as long as she did with karen oh but how could you not know oh but how does this happen now you're in the same situation and i think what's also really like i mean kudos to her you're not gonna you can't shake her and you can't get her out of character she's not gonna stop at anything if once she says the sky is purple it's purple that's got nothing to do with me no actually after seven years it's cancelled it's da, da, da. that's not the case baby that's not how the law works um so i don't know about all of these claims you have but she's the type of person who she's never going to let her enemy see her sweat and this time is no different she knows some of the things she's saying sound absolutely ridiculous and that's just not how the law works same as how she's saying with the jamal thing um oh that's just not what it sounded like to me she knows what it was. She even almost slipped up and almost said, we're both seeing, no, actually we're figuring it out. Cause she, one thing about her, she's not gonna let her enemies see her sweat, which is like, fine. At least when you lie, you're gonna lie to the wheels fall off. No matter how ridiculous you sound, you are not changing your tune as much as you can help it. But it's just really like, I think sad to see. And sometimes these are the little things that take the entertainment out of it because why do you have to be like that to other people it's the same as how she insisted on lying that she's shared everything and has been as open as possible with everyone on this cast about her and jamal 
She knows damn well she has not done that. She knows damn well she avoids people's questions. Yet Giselle's the one person who's always in everyone's mind about their business. Like she wants to be inside, inside. Um, yeah, I just, sometimes she's just a little too bad vibes. Like, you know, on each cast, you have the bad vibes, the entertainment, the this. Giselle, I just think sometimes she crosses the line. She's not obviously not like, the way Candace responds would say sometimes, like, but sometimes it's like, mm, <laughs> "Ooh, baby, this is too much." Like, reel it in, reel it in. Like you'll hear Giselle's comments on something, and you really go, "Wow!" Like, like I think it's just like um, with Kenya sometimes on Real Housewives of Atlanta, you listen to how she's responding to something, and just say, "So you really didn't have it in your heart to have any, like any, you couldn't even." You couldn't even just keep quiet. You didn't have any empathy for this person in their situation. It's like, it makes it hard to forgive, not even forgive, feel sorry for these people when they're in bad situations. Because, you know, bad situations, they come around. I remember, um, I actually got into an argument with someone on Twitter. I just remembered it about um, Kenya. I think Kenya, they were discussing, they were discussing, we were, I think they were discussing, what's the name? Not Mark, the other guy, Matt. Matt. They were discussing the situation with Matt. I don't know if it was Matt or Mark was one of her men um, and how badly she was treated in those situations. And I just said, it's funny for Kenya to expect sympathy from these ladies when she's never, and when I say never, hear me well, I mean never. She's never expressed, expressed <laughs> sympathy for any of them the only time I think I was kind of proud of Kenya was when Sheree was crying in the car and she talked about um, oh, Bob. Mm. Bob putting his hands on her. Then Kenya genuinely looked like she had sympathy for her. But when I think of the stuff Portia, the stuff Nini, the stuff Phaedra have been the people who Kenya doesn't like. And she, you know, we can argue back and forth about whether Kenya made an effort with them or if she tried, you know, I'm not here to discuss that, but she didn't have sympathy for them when they were going through bad things in their life. But when it becomes, you know, Kenya having Brooklyn and she's a single mom, she expects sympathy. She expects people to understand her situation and to kind of empathize. And it's like, but you don't do like, you're expecting something from people that you yourself never do. It's, it's, it's strange to me. Yeah, I agree. It's quite sad to see. And like you said, sometimes these are the things that just make it super difficult to feel sorry for these characters when they're going through like real life traumatic or just really painful things because you haven't been the best person to your fellow cast members and other people around you from what we've seen. And because of that, we we want to feel sorry for you. A part of us really does generally want to feel sorry for you, but then we see you act this way. And even then sometimes when they then get out of these situations, you go back to being nasty and horrible again. So it's like, do you even deserve people's empathy or sympathy at any point? Because you don't give that to other people. And after things have happened to you, you just kind of go back to being the same nasty person. So that's a bit weird. But even speaking of Kenya, I know you and I had this conversation earlier on this week. And I wanted to ask you, like, why do you think that people just don't have the same energy for Marlo, especially, that they have for Candace? Um, Candace, obviously, we can all identify it's deep-rooted. And maybe with Marlo as a character, you've actually never been shown that much of her, like, personal backstory because Marlo was always just a friend on the show. So we never got to see 
a lot more like in a Marlo because obviously she's coming as someone's friend, but Marlo has said some really nasty things. And as, uh, although some of the delivery has been entertaining or even just like, <gasps> and you kind of silently like chuckle. I mean, same as with Candace, sometimes you do silently like, Ooh. but we, I think this is the first time I've seen this much mismatched energy between the cast. And I think even on Potomac, the the cast as in the the wives they actually do the same thing themselves they don't really necessarily help because i spoke to you how before giselle had all this energy for monique and saying she didn't feel safe but she will have portia and cynthia and the rest when she sees them and she loves them off um and i know if she were to see marlo and kenya she's going to have the same energy because these are people that have been reality tv stars for a lot longer yet when we have candace it's a whole thing um why do you think that people don't have the same energy for marlo um, as they do Candace, because even Kenya, as much as people think she's horrible and have said things, I think I, I was saying to you, I don't know if it's I've, if because I've forgotten, but I just don't remember it being this much like get her off the show, get her off the show, the way I feel like we see it about Candace. But even then, going back to Marlo, why don't you think there's the same energy for Marlo? Lots to unpack there. I think um, I think as real as 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 time has gone on since maybe Marlo said those things about Kenya if you're referring to that incident. I think um, society's become very much more polarized. I think before we never really saw people telling Andy, fire this person, I don't know why they're still on the show. But I think in the last three years, maybe, it's now just become a thing that people are openly saying, Andy, fire Candace, you know? And I think, obviously we were, think, we were thinking these things that, oh, no, Marlo shouldn't come back for saying this, that, yeah, yeah. But I don't think anyone was actually really tweeting it and, you know, keyboard warrioring like that. Um, but I will say, Kenya did catch smoke. Um, I did say in our conversation that Kenya, at the peak of Kenya, there was a peak of Kenya hate. I think now, because of how society is, you now kind of see Kenya fan accounts and stuff. And, you know, Kenya has a few fans here and there, I guess. Um, but I think... They, like when the Kenya Apollo love triangle, alleged Kenya Apollo Phaedra alleged love triangle was happening, the streets were not here for Kenya. Um, I think just that run, season five, six, seven, was probably the her worst time on the show because she was basically the villain. She was not nice. She was making fun of like our faves. So. Um, I think she did get smoked. To come to Marlo, I think Marlo, maybe she's been protected by virtue of being a friend and not a full-time housewife. So she'll say her disgusting thing and then leave and then you don't see her for like 10 episodes. Like, are you really going to be hung up about what Marlo said 10 episodes ago when she's not even going to be invited to the reunion? Like, really? Um, I think Marlo as well is more of a fan favorite than Candice. I think, yes, people don't like um, Marlo to some extent and even now I think now that Nini's off the show and that last season I didn't like Marlo's um, decorum how she behaved I think she was really mean um, but I think yeah I just think Marlo's just never really been relevant like that and it's good that um, she's not a full-time cast member at the same time as Portia, because then that would have brought it to the forefront. And I think probably you would have seen people saying they don't like Marlo or Marlo should be off the show. No, 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 no. But yeah, I think I do. I think yeah, part of it is polarization. Part of it is also being us 
being able to identify what Candace's issue actually is, that, you know, Candace, your mom, being raised your mom by your mom has, you know, led you to to fight the world basically. Um but yeah, I think those I think there's lots of reasons why why she's the way she, why things are the way they are. I don't think there's any one reason. I get it. I just hope that as I mean it's never gonna be balanced because you know people have different opinions and the fact that we even have like Kenya stands and stuff like that, I think it's always gonna be imbalanced. I think for me it's just a bit sad to see that can it I mean can it energy is not always really kept. Um, I think on the same note, I was even speaking on how I was quite disappointed in Giselle in in her saying that, you know, if Mia had put the pause on Candice um, for saying what she said about her mom, she wouldn't really have been like surprised or you wouldn't really be able to blame Mia. And can, I, can, I, can I interject there? I think the reason Giselle said that was because what probably what Candice did or said in that sentence, in that moment, was worse than what we saw. Obviously, I don't know why it wasn't shown to us, but I don't believe what we saw justifies that comment. So I think there's probably more to it. Obviously, like I said, it involves me trusting Giselle and Giselle is an unreliable witness. Um, but I, I do think, yes, Giselle is being messy and Giselle has her own agenda against Candace. But I do think it means that moment was probably worse than we think. I think the reason why um, the it, it's a big issue for me is because with Giselle, she's not coming across as someone who's genuinely like concerned with the severity of Candace's comments because last season, um, after Monique and Candace, she had all the smoke fire and everything else in between for Monique and was saying to Monique that nothing somebody has said can ever justify you putting the pause on them. And that was her energy, that was her song, that that was the story she was sticking to it. From the time she brought the bodyguard to that little sit down and said she didn't really want to be associated with Monique to the reunion. She continuously kept saying, fine, Candace did this, but you know what? I don't think that justified that or that. And I think her saying the same comment now, it's not that I want to say, you know, Candace doing what she was doing and Mia saying, you know, the low budget thing is on the same level. But if you were so adamant that nothing somebody says can ever justify somebody putting a pause on them, why is it different this season? Like for me, it then ends up seeing like, oh, sometimes it's fine to put the pause on someone. Other times it's not fine. But then last season, you saw up and down that you're not here for the violence and the this, that, and the third. At no point did they ever extend Monique the courtesy of, mm, not going to lie, Miss Mamas was doing a lot. And that's why it comes across empathetic and disingenuous because it comes across as you really just don't like Monique and you want a Monique off the show. Now it seems like this season, whether it's that you really don't like Candace and you want off the show, nonetheless, it doesn't seem that you're genuinely basing this off of right or wrong. It's just dependent on how you feel about the cast member involved at that point in time. And that's why I have a problem with it. Giselle really thinks she's an executive producer of The Real Housewives of Potomac. Like, and she thinks her opinion, like her word is bond. It's God, like, um, <laughs> and it would be sad when you know there's a takedown season for her and i see it coming like Giselle has made enough enemies for next season to be because it's karen and i know karen would lead them karen (laughs) wendy (laughs) karen wendy uh, candice honestly karen wendy candice that's enough that's enough yeah and if somebody if she gets on a scholar's wrong side because one thing about a scholar whether you're right or wrong if you're wrong she's gonna say you're wrong um i don't think mia would 
Robin obviously not. Um, Ashley at this point, she's which also actually confuses me about the season that Ashley and Giselle and I have this newfound friendship like the past seasons have just never existed. It still shocks me, but I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do in their little light-skinned Powerpuff girl situation. Like, it is what it is. But yeah, that definitely shocks me. I just hope she actually realizes that like, at this point, especially with the tax thing, it could be you at any moment. That's the, that's the lesson, I think, um, when it comes to Royal Housewives of Potomac. Mm. <sighs> I had a few things to quickly talk to you about before oh. we wrap up today's episode. Oh. Period. So we obviously have now started seeing all these little like clips and snippets and, you know, pictures being taken off the Real Housewives of Atlanta cast. They're back um, to filming. So we recently saw that they went on this trip to New York. We've seen these clips of Sheree in Philly because supposedly, you know, she's still with Tyrone and he's been released to a halfway house in Philadelphia. So clearly some of Sheree's scenes will be based in Philly. But um, before I actually get to the main questions I have for you, how are you feeling about the upcoming season? You know, thoughts of the new peach holders? I believe at this point we have Candy, Drew, Sonia Richards Ross, Marlo's officially a peach holder this season. Um, and you have Kenya, of course, and Sheree. So let me know what are you thinking about this cast? What are you looking forward to this season? How do you think it's gonna go? I cannot wait to see Chateau Thelma. I think that is a beautiful house. I cannot wait. You shame me for still mentioning Thelma. <laughs> what Chateau she can't pay. Chateau she can't pay. Chateau she ain't done yet. I am I love I love like I think there are certain things that make like I was saying to you um privately that you know there are things that make you an iconic housewife and I think Sheree to some extent is an iconic housewife because of Chateau you know Chateau Sheree I'll call it by its name <laughs> Chateau Sheree because of Chateau Sheree and so I think it would be nice to come back to Chateau Sheree I do I do have I do hesitate because I do think it is messed up that they come back to Sheree when the show kind of tanks. I think if, like, I think also Sheree should have a bit more, you know, chutzpah, I don't know what the word is, chutzpah, I think that is, about herself and not answer the call every time they're like, Sheree, come save the show. I think, um, you know, Sheree should have just been on period obviously she put herself in a precarious situation last time by banking on kim instead of the rest of the cast and paid out badly but i hope this time it kind of sticks for at least three seasons um it would be nice to see where her in kenya at i don't know so i don't know anything about miss um richards ross am i saying it right yeah sanya richards ross i don't know anything about her um i've just seen pictures gorgeous gowns um I don't know what to expect. I don't know if she turns up. I don't think I want... I, I, I don't want a season that's very dramatic. I want a season that is more along the lines of Potomac. Like, you can have fun. We can giggle. We can think. It's not just Kenya hates Portia. And that's it. Like, I want fresh. I want um, them to take trips and, like, to actually see my friends. And then, you know, we go from there. Um, I hope 
you know, with and um, Sonia Richards-Ross, that she is aware of what she's signing up for. I always think, when I think about new peach holders, I always think about um, Kim Fields and how her season, she was terrorized by Kenya. Kenya came after her, her pant, her husband, her singlet, everything. Listen, he came after everything under the sun regarding that woman. And I don't think Kim deserved it. And I also don't think she was adequately prepared for the show she was joining. I think she thought it would just be showing her life and I don't think she was ready for that. So I do hope Sanya Richards-Ross is prepared. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Marlo as a peach holder. I think I have, and I think I did tweet that Marlo as a peach holder is, is both a good thing and a bad thing. It's a bad thing in terms of it shows that the show is not doing as well as it was because when the show was doing well, we didn't need Marlo as a full-time peach holder. So the fact that she is full-time should tell you that, damn, the show was down horrendous. It is a good thing in terms of, the girl has been begging for it for how many years now? Like A while. Like, Andy, please, don't do this again. Like, if someone asks, <laughs> at least by the fourth time, let give it to them. Yeah. Um, I think it will be awkward having Drew on minus Portia, because that was basically her her ride or die so it will be interesting to see her navigate the girls without Portia but I imagine her and Kenya will come to some sort of truce and then Kenya will say some backhand stuff about her and then we'll be back to square one yeah um I don't care for candy and I'm gonna leave it there (laughs) I think this time I was thinking about it the other day when I saw the pictures of them in New York the main purpose I think that or part that Candy's gonna play this season is probably being the replacement for Portia in terms of Drew's dynamic because we've seen pictures of Ooh. her husband So we've seen um, Drew's husband and Todd out a couple of times as well. So I think that's probably going to be where they take it. I think we've spoken about it before, how in Potomac, the husbands are a lot more present. I hope that with Atlanta, they start to do that because it could just be a little bit more interesting. Um, I do think that's what makes Potomac Potomac, the fact that the husbands are as involved as they are. Um, granted in Atlanta there's a little bit more mess like the times when the husbands have been involved it's been so we don't know how it would work in like a calm we're getting along type setting but I do hope we see a little bit more of them I hope they're interesting especially now with Sonia's husband because Sonia's basically like an old like she used to be an athlete a retired athlete and she was really good in her prime like title holders gold medals Couple of minutes, I think to do. So what was, what was she doing? Was she an a- like she was an athlete? Yeah, like she used to be a track and field athlete, and she was like literally amazing. Like this was a little bit before Alison Felix. So mm. just before Alison Felix came and took over, Sonia was the one winning most of the gold. Um, there's even a, like two a separate. She was like the first American to win a certain title. Then she was the first, I think, woman or American or woman or something to then win two titles and defend them at the next meters get as well. So she's pretty iconic. Um, a lot of black people know who she is. So I think it's quite fitting being in Atlanta because, you know, that's considered black Hollywood. Her husband is now a retired NFL football player as well. I think he used to play for the New York Giants, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So it's both still very relevant people. Um, so I hope that they do mix well with the rest of the cast and it's not something that's a little bit like awful random she used to have a reality show apparently but it was one of those like on a really small network and it was just about like her balancing like being a track athlete and i guess being famous or being a woman like i think it was called golden glamour or something like that but it was really small such that many people didn't even know about it 
Um, so yeah, I hope that the the mix is good. But speaking of cast members, obviously we know that Nini had made the decision to leave like the previous season. And, you know, we saw that when Nini was being asked, she had made a comment um, in which she said, um, yeah, sure, I'll return to the show. Um, that's what she had said, obviously, on the real day- daytime. And she said, I'm okay with returning to the show as long as we can work through a few things. I'd be happy to return to the show. I think Andy and I were really close for a really, really long time. And I love Benny Boo, um, Benjamin, who is one of the producers. Um, and she said she helped pay for his baby shower and all those things. Benjamin is Andy's son, babes. Oh, lol. Somebody in, in Bravo Twitter's thing, he said, is that the other executive producer? Anyway. No, 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 no. His son. Andy's son. And she said she helped pay for the baby shower as well. So she just said she ended off, obviously, by saying she thinks that um, she and Andy just need to have a sit down and talk. Um, and then we're off to the races. Um, obviously, Andy then did a Q&A and said this season there won't be space for Nini on the show. So maybe the season that comes after that, there's the potential for Nini to come back. But there were then these questions, and this is what I wanted to get your opinion on, because obviously you and I have spoken in private about how it would be nice to get Nini back. Um, but somebody said in a tweet, um, the person's called Love Jones 31 let's keep it 100 and real. Bravo needs Nini like Nini needs Bravo. That network has been struggling since she left. And then somebody quote tweeted, and this tweet actually got like a lot of engagement, about 254 likes and 32 retweets. This person said, Nini has not been a good housewife since season seven. She literally couldn't even handle a virtual reunion. I feel like y'all are holding on to a Nini that no longer exists. And then another tweet by Ariella Only said, Nini said she was discriminated against, wanted to sue, referenced Brianna Taylor in her grievances, told everyone to boycott, was crying on Tamron Hall, but now she's open to coming back. Hmm. So I wanted to ask you what you thought about these comments in reference to Nini potentially returning as a housewife in upcoming seasons. Do you still think that there is the potential to have Nini come back as this iconic housewife that we knew, or do you feel that or agree with these people who are saying that iconic Nini we knew is no longer here, doesn't exist. Talk to me, what do you think? I think both are, po- like, it's possible for that, that, you know, the Nini we love and, you know, have come to meme and reference all the time. I think she is gone, but I also think Bravo does need Nini. Um, I, like, Real Houses of Atlanta without Nini is like, listen it's like destiny's child without beyonce kenny or michelle like it just doesn't make no sense like it's like girl what is you doing um i do think in terms of how deep the beef got between the two of them it did get pretty ugly um like nini was saying you know andy's a racist she talked about you know she talked about him allegedly doing controlled substances um so you know i it got really ugly i went out i mean and i would love her back i just think i understand what he means when he says there's no space on this cast because this cast has basically started filming i'm sure they've paid everybody um so i think in terms of looking at that they're probably looking at they're gonna have to look at that cast and then say okay who can go in order to make the space for nini to come and i personally hope they remove either Kenya or Candy. One of them would have to go 
because I know Candy's paid quite well, but for what? Like, you know what? She comes to eat on screen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think I think one of them would have to go in order to squeeze in a Portia, squeeze in a Nini, you know? I would yeah. love them back. I think, obviously, because Portia's show is a limited series, apparently, so it's not going to be, there's no chance for a season two. I'd, obviously, they can change their mind, but at the moment, it's not planned that there will be a season two. Um, so I hope that it would mean that once that's done, Portia would be like, you know what, the, Sim- the Simon hype has died down. She probably would have married him. Or it would be nice to see her planning the wedding and get married on her first season back after her little break. Um, but I, like I was saying, um, Bravo does need Nini, the... Real Housewives of Atlanta ratings have dropped. Like, Real Housewives of Atlanta used to do numbers, Chad. Like, at its peak, it was doing numbers. But I think also America is going through its thing where people are not watching live TV as they used to. Um, People used to, like, all these shows, award shows, people are not watching them as they used to. And same with Real Housewives. They're not watching it like they used to. Obviously, now we're at a point where anything above a million viewers we're thankful for. Yeah, 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 that's true. So I would imagine, I hope, so it's not just the fact that we lose these iconic housewives or that the housewives feels toxic. It's literally just that people are not watching these shows live. I don't know if it means they're streaming them or what. I'm not the person to ask. So I do think um, bringing Nini back would be a good idea because it would bring back numbers. But also, I'm when we say Nini, we're probably talking about season six Nini, season five Nini. We're not talking about the Nini who has seen the things she's seen since. So I don't know. I'm of two minds. I would like an amicable solution where, you know, Nini's happy, Bravo's happy, and, you know, there's no bad blood, and Bravo doesn't hate Nini and stuff. But the way it's looking, it implies that the only way that happens is if Nini comes back. Okay. That's, that's, yeah, that's that's valid, and that makes sense. I thought you would probably be the best person to ask, because when I even saw the tweet myself, I was also in two months like hmm could she actually come back especially the one where it said she couldn't even handle um a virtual reunion so that same mini might not actually still be here um i did see obviously another comment that said you know maybe it was also due to what was happening at the time and obviously life for nini now is not what it was a few years ago obviously with unfortunately greg's um health and stuff and even more so now i wonder if she would still be the same um but yeah, I think it still would be nice to see her come back. We all loved her on our screens. Same as P. Willie. I think I agree. It would be nice to see her come back, plan the wedding, maybe get married in the season that she returns. That's if she's already not married by then. Um, I do think as much as people don't watch live TV. Yeah, like you said, it's 50-50. Obviously, there's an aspect of people not watching live TV anymore, but I do think it would still do really good for their ratings if Portia or Nini or both of them at the same time um did return to our screens but yeah that was pretty much all i wanted to ask friend (laughs) um i think this does bring us to the end of this week's episode um any last things you want to tell our listeners um me as a boss (laughs) 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 i'm joking i think we should title this episode me as a boss (laughs) okay literally i think we've covered everything like we have any last last words mamas um i don't think 
think so, guys. Like Leo said, we actually covered anything. Last thing I do want to say is please, 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 like engage with us, talk to us. If you follow us on Instagram or Twitter, um, reply the tweets, quote, tweet the tweets, like, retweet, share on Instagram, comment. Um, if you don't know, we are Reality Check Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. That's R-E-A-L-I-T-Y-C-H-K-P-O-D on both Twitter and Instagram. Follow yes. us. Engage us. Yes, please, please use the hashtag, especially on Twitter, so we can get a little conversation. Um, Leo has witnessed me somehow getting the response of some people on bravo twitter so we just want to talk to all of you guys um let us know what you think please use the hashtag it's also reality check pod spot the exact same way as all of our handles and yeah let us know your thoughts and talk to us until next week guys bye guys bye